You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, LuchaCentral.com presents Straight Out of the Bodega with King Fat Boy Papo Esco. From the wrestling world of the podcast world, it's Straight Out of the Bodega with your host, the King Fat Boy Papo Esco. You have arrived. Pulled up. Welcome to another edition of Straight Out of the Bodega. I am your master of ceremonies, the bully from the bodega, the lucha thug, the one man lucha gang, El Rey Gordo himself, the King Fat Boy Papuesco, and it's Thursday. Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. And you know we're going to take you for a ride. A ride through the blocks, back alleys, and street corners of the bodega. We're going to give you everything you need. That's pro wrestling and entertainment. I'm ready. As always, you better be ready. So take a seat, pour up your favorite drink, and let's ride. I hope everyone's doing okay. I'm doing okay. Been busy. Busy equals money to me, which I like. Also keeping my mind off things. You know, I don't know if you guys been watching the news, listening to the news, reading the news. But the news is saying that COVID-19 is getting a second win. You know, it's it's uh, starting to spike again. You know, it never stopped, but it's on the rise again. You know, states like Florida, Nevada, California, Texas, Arizona, starting to see, you know, high cases again and and, uh it's looking pretty scary man i mean knock on wood you know i hope we don't get a strict uh shelter in place order again but it definitely looks like that's what's gonna happen um but you know i'm gonna do what i need to do for my family you know i want to stay healthy i want them to stay healthy so you know if you go outside just you know maintain the social distance keep your hands washed keep yourself clean and and wear a mask you know and if you're going to wear a mask go to lucha-masks.com and get you one i mean have you seen these guys man they're like a brush fire man they're spreading wildly you know um so many people from AEW NXT WWE CMLL AAA I mean, there's so many people wearing these masks and actually posting them on social media, you know, letting them know, letting us know rather how how great they are, you know, and they, and they are. They're great. You know, shout out to Lucha-Mask.com. Shout out to the good people of Pro Wrestling Revolution. You know, um, in this pandemic, you need the epidemic that is Lucha-Mask.com. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Did I say that right? I don't know. Whatever. So before we go into who's on the show today, I wanted to uh, recommend some shows that I watched on a, on a whim, you know, and uh, if you guys got Netflix and, and you got time to spare, check out these shows, man. I'll tell you what, first, first and foremost, this is not my type of hype. You know, these shows, I don't normally watch these kind of shows. I just caught them on accident and I got hooked. I'll be honest with you. So if you got Netflix, check these shows out and talk to me, man. I talk back. Let me know what you think of the shows. Let me know if I'm off base or I'm tripping or if you like the show or whatever. The first one is called The Politician. The Politician is on Netflix. Uh, There are two seasons already. I encourage you to start with uh, episode one, season one. Um, It's got Bette Midler in it. It's got Gwyneth Paltrow in it. Uh, I think the kid's name is Ben Platt, uh, the, the, the main character. But 
it, to, to make a long story short it's just it's a story of a kid who wants nothing more than to be president of the united states and he starts his journey you know he's running for you know high school class president and then you know he goes into politics after he gets out of high school it's 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 a cool little little uh show man you might want to check it out you know start with episode one season one and and I guarantee you, man, I think you'll like it. Uh, the other one is a telenovela. Now, uh, I remember my abuela and my mom watching novellas back in the day, you know, but I mean, I never wanted to watch it at all, you know. So for me to 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 get into this show is, is kind of weird. Um, El Dragon. El Dragon on Netflix, man. Um, it's a telenovela. Uh, it, it hooked me, bro. It hooked me. The the easy the easiest uh, synopsis is, you know, this guy he's a financier, right? And uh, he's on the straight and narrow. But his uh, his family is a part of a cartel. His grandfather is the leader of that cartel, and his grandfather's getting ready to pass away. So he brings the financier Miguel back into the fold and tells him he needs to take over the the family business and all kinds of crazy shit happens after that man so you know i don't want to get too deep into that there's two two seasons and dude each one of those seasons is like 30 something episodes what kind of season of a series has like 38 episodes for one season man that's that's like what that's usually like maybe three seasons worth of content on on regular tv it's crazy anyway um i digress today on the show we got pizza enthusiast enthusiast excuse me death match legend apw legend xpw alumni lucha underground star king of twitter Vinny Massaro. Vinny Massaro's on the show we're gonna sit down and have a great discussion can't wait to get into that but before we get into that i'm gonna take you over to the golden voice of the lucha central podcast network that is denise salcedo with lucha central central Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a look at all of the great shows available this week on the Lucha Central Podcast Network. In July, we'll debut our fourth monthly Monday series. So with no new show to kick off this week, now is your time to catch up on Lucha Libre Figures and Facts, episodes on Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero and Conan, the mass cast with Dos Hermanos Lucha, and their mass collection building tips and stories and business of the business including the latest episode with AEW star Colt Cabana. Tuesday, Mass, Mats, and Mayhem has never been afraid to tackle the issues and ask the tough questions. This week, the gang takes a look at women in wrestling, the speaking out movement, and the effect of Black Lives Matter on wrestling, as well as a deep dive rewind into Season 1, Episode 8 of Lucha Underground. Plus, La Meta Meta herself, Thunder Rosa, drops in to discuss being the first female Mexican NWA champion, Lucha Underground, and starting an all-female performer and female-run wrestling promotion in Texas. Also on Tuesday, WrestleBots with Favi Chulo, live covering pro wrestling and MMA from 7 to 8.30 p.m. Pacific. This week... 
Fabi is joined by co-host and up-and-coming luchadora Zeta Gonzalez and their guests include legendary SoCal luchador Superboy Torres and Lucha Underground's Ricky Mandel. Head to WrestleBossLive.com to listen live or downloaded Wednesday across podcast platforms. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the chisme from around the lucha world. This week on the show, the legendary Hugo Savinovich joins the table to talk about speaking out in Lucha Libre, Lucha in the time of the pandemic and more. Watch live on Wednesday nights and then find the episode on your favorite podcast platform every weekend. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco. This week on the show, APW, XPW, and Lucha Underground alum Vinny Massaro pulls up to talk death matches, Lucha Underground, the independent wrestling scene, and training Kane Velasquez for his in-ring debut in AAA. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central Weekly podcast. One in English, y el otro en Español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all of the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. With empty arena matches in Mexico, the Lucha Brothers returning to action in AEW, Santos Escobar dominating in NXT, and Rey Mysterio feuding with Seth Rollins on Raw. End your week every Friday by getting all caught up in 90 minutes. Be sure to subscribe and follow all of your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms. And please be sure to give a rating and review to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Welcome back. Welcome back to another edition of Straight Out of the Bodega. I am your master of ceremonies, the king fat boy, Papa Wesco. And as always, I got my partner in crime, my brother, owner and operator of Pro Wrestling Revolution and Pro Wrestling Revolution Training Academy and owner and proprietor of Lucha-Mass.com, Gabriel Ramirez. How you doing, man? Papa, what's up, my brother? And uh, I have a funny feeling that today is going to be the best podcast ever. Well, ever. I'd like to think so. We keep outdoing ourselves. <laughs> and today, today is going to be no different. I'm excited about this because, you know, Look. not only is he someone that I feel like everyone wants to listen to, but, you know, he's a personal, you know, friend of ours. And, of and, course. And we're happy to have him on the show. You know, just, um, just got to make sure, bro, that when, next time you book Cholo, that you give him enough minutes on this freaking prepaid cell phone in order to stay on the call long enough for us to have a, a podcast. But, you know, I, Vinny, I think Vinny should be good on this one. Yeah, well, let's see. Yep, let's yep. see. So today today we have on the show a pizza enthusiast. Hmm. Yes. A Lucha Underground superstar. All right, that's, that's, that's a bit far. A death match legend. Yes, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll, yeah, I'll take that, that one. Take that one. And in my opinion, first ballot Hall of Famer, Vinny Massaro. Oh, I forgot to say, innovator of offense. This dude, Vinny Massaro, has some of the most innovative 
maneuvers I've ever seen. And he just keeps coming up with them. What's up, Vinny? How you doing, man? Damn, Papo. Thank you very much. Bodega, Bodega. I, gotta, I just got to say. Uh, well, well right, right, right. now, Vinny, is it the IOV, right? The Innovator of Violence? Was that what it was? No, that's Tommy oh, Green. Oh, sorry, Green. sorry. So you were the innovator of special finishers at the boot camp. I was the inner, I was the innovator. Yeah, exactly. I was the that was that's a prestigious job Roman Alexander gave me. I'm the I'm the innovator of moves that I take from Tekken and Mortal Kombat. That's games. right. I love it. I love it. I want to I want to I want to get right into this. I want to start from the beginning because I feel like your story needs to be told in somewhat of a chronological order. I know we might jump around a little bit, you know, as the conversation unfolds, but I want to get started with this. You know, when when did you when when did you fall in love with wrestling, and and how did that play a part into you getting involved in wrestling? Holy shit! All right, uh, we're going way back. Well, uh, so I was born in uh, in Agrigento, Sicily. It's actually it's a, it's not a gimmick. It's, it's a shoot. <laughs> uh, so when I was a little kid in Italy, in Sicily, you know, growing up, you know, you pretty much watch soccer. That's pretty much the only sport. But for some reason. Uh, I think they had like a thing going on back then where they would have uh, on sun like Saturday morning cartoons they would show the Tiger Mask. Wow, mm -hmm. Tiger Mask. After that, they would show New Japan Pro Wrestling for whatever freaking reason. Like so, picture like you know four year old, three year old, you know young Vin little Vinny, you know uh, watching Saturday morning cartoons and loving Tiger Mask. I freaking love that show, and then watching. New Japan Pro Wrestling with like Ricky Chosu and watching Tiger Mask, uh, you know, back then. I mean, just the crazy, you know, just you think about it, that doesn't make any sense. But that's when I first fell in love with wrestling. And then when I got to uh, when I was like 10 years old, we moved, we, my, my, my family moved over here to the United States. And uh, that's when, uh, you know, I started watching. I kept watching. I watched a lot of NWA back then. I felt I like kind of I like more of that style. Uh, so I like the, you know, more of the, uh, great Muda and, you know, those, those kind of styles, but, you know, I watched a little bit of everything and then, uh, I kind of got, you know, after that, you know, just, you get a little older, you go to high school and you stop watching the wrestling for a little bit. Yeah. It's not, it got kind of, you know, WWF kind of, you know, WCW just kind of, it just, I, you know, we all go I through that. Yeah, we all go through that. Yes. About about what? Nah. About when did you decide you wanted to actually be a wrestler? And 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 when, when did you? You know, where did you go? I know, you know, APW. You you went there, but was that your first training school or? Yeah. Okay. So basically, you know, basically, I mean, ever since I, you know, I started, you know, watching wrestling, I always I mimicked it. You know, I I would do power bombs and all kinds of crazy moves. On um, you know my stuffed animals or whatever that I had. Wait 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 um, wait wait wait. Hold on. Wait wait. You didn't move on stuffed animals. How old were you when this happened? Oh shit. Well, this is like when I was like so, you know like watching. Yeah yeah. I wish. Uh, no, this, no. I had a wrestling buddy back then. Come on guys. Let's just keep oh. it real. No. When I was was 16, it a bootleg you know, version was, or was it a real one? No no no. This was back in Italy when I was like. Oh, that's doing, why, you know, that's why I'm that, asking. Was it a that, real one? No, 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 you know, they didn't have, they didn't have it back then. It was just, just like a regular, like, stuffed animal, like a, like a, a teddy bear that I had, and I would just do, you know, wrestling moves on Man, it. Man, I um, would love to get pictures know. of little Vinny with a teddy bear. We need that footage. Yeah, doing, doing an <laughs> exploder on his little teddy bear. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know it was funny because like it's funny because I was just all watching New Japan back then, so I was just doing Exploder! doing like all submissions and oh yeah. But uh, I'm sure my mom has plenty of pictures of that, but I'm sure she threw them no, away. No, maybe you threw them uh, away. I don't think she threw them away. No, trust me. If you know my mom, she threw them, <laughs> she threw them away. <laughs> so Vinny, uh, when when did you say you know it's time? I need to find me a school, and I need to I need to do this because this is my calling. Well, it's kind of weird. Like, uh, you know, after after high school, you know, I was just kind of kind of working at a, uh, you know, just like a regular job. Didn't really know what, what I was gonna do. And then one of my buddies was like, "Dude, you gotta watch this." I'm like, "What?" He goes, "You, you gotta watch wrestling." He's like, "Oh man, I I used to watch it a long time ago. It's kind of dumb now, bro." No, no. There's this new promotion. It's fucking crazy. You gotta watch it. It's called ECW. And I was like, "What the hell is this?" And I looked at it and I was like, "Hold, I can swear in this, right?" Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I said, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is the fucking coolest thing ever!" And I remember just being like, "I think it was I was like 16, and I was like, holy crap, I love wrestling again.'" <laughs> and for literally, I like bought every shirt, I bought like every ECW shirt, I watched, it. I would just get like um, uh, you know, like the RF video, like fan cams of like every show. Uh, I used to, I used to know a guy. Uh, that he had like one of those giant satellite dishes, so we would go over his house like a Friday after, like Friday night, and watch it because he had like the Florida Sunshine Network, and we would watch. Dude, I was hooked. Like anything I had to do on ECW, I was just the ECW mark from a hundred, like a hundred percent. And then you know, of course, you start doing, you start reading message boards because you can't, you know, that's the only way you can get like results from ECW. And then all of a sudden, we were looking and we're like, hey man, do you know there's like indie wrestling? I was like, the hell is indie wrestling? Like. What the hell does that even mean, right? And then we started looking up and we noticed that there was, yeah, there's a promotion in, you know, where I live. Because I used to live over uh, in Castro Valley, which was like 10 minutes from Hayward, California. And we're like, you know what? Let's go check out. And that was the very first. And they were like, I remember because Roland, uh, he was doing Gym Wars. And he was like, if you like ECW, come watch Gym Wars. It's the same shit. I was like, <laughs> uh, I, was like I must right. go. I'll, and did you I'm did like, you go check? Go. You went and checked one out before you decided you wanted to. Yeah, no, I checked out. The, yeah, I checked out the gym wars and I talked to Roland about it. He's like, "Can I get a ticket?" He's like, "Sure." And he's like, and then you know, of course, you know, Roland Alexander, you know, beyond the mat, you know, Roland Alexander. Hey, have you ever thought about becoming a pro wrestler? And I was like, <laughs> uh, "Yeah, I mean, when I was young, well, did you know we have a school here?" And I was like, yeah, it was a school. Like, I, to me, like, how would you, you know, like, how would you know where to go to school back then? But, you know, you don't realize, oh, there's a training school. Well, then, of course, Roland reeled me in. He saw, you know, he, he, he you know, he cast this little, you know, his fucking fish. And he reeled, reeled, reeled me in. And the rest is history. Well, what, what was the training like going in? I know, you know, um, I know back then, you know, we were reaching a point where, the, the the doors were kind of getting open to anybody, you know, whereas it was so, like, close-knit and you needed to be, you needed to know someone who knew someone in order to get in and, you know, what what was it like going in? Was it was it strenuous? Were you getting the shit kicked out of you? What, what was, oh, yeah. what was, was the training like? Oh, yeah. Oh, it was, it was terrible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, on that note, awesome. who were your trainers? Uh, let's see. The first day I was there was like uh, Matt Heisen slash Spike Dudley. Uh, he was like, it was, it was like his last week there. He was leaving to go to ECW, and Frank Murdoch was the one that was going to take over. 
But pretty much, as soon as I got there, they just beat the shit out of me. Like, there was, uh, you know, not, people don't know who uh, Tony Jones is, but he's, you know, he's a very good amateur wrestler. Yep. Wrestled at San Francisco State uh, University. He's, um, he's about 6'3", like 250 pounds. Grown, grown-ass man. Uh, you know, I'm, I will say that I, uh, I lied and I told Roland that I was 18 when I wasn't. Uh, so, the grown-ass man, basically just, they had him do, they had him wrestle with me for like 15, 20 minutes, you know, 30 minutes at a time, and just beat my ass. Uh, and then, you know, they just, made, you know, just, basically they were breaking me. And then, uh, you know, pretty much they were just, uh, you know, they wanted, what I found out later on is that Roland was like, hey, this kid is never going to make it. So just go ahead and like make them quit. No, 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 no. Is that not what happened? No, that you have a different perspective. No, I'm pretty sure that happened. I'm just saying no because um, all the times that I I bring this up, people look at me like like I'm way out of line. So it's kind of uh, I I I don't want to say it's good to someone um, back up your point, but unfortunately, um, what was that, Vinny? Ninety six for you? Ninety five? Ninety six? Yeah, 96, 96, So that was going on in 96, 97, 98, 99, 2000, and I left in 2008. And so I I bring this up just because um, from the very first day we did our podcast and I I spoke about Roland and I said that what I feel is my version of what I saw as far as truth per se. I mean, hey, we want to lay it out. And I got blasted at how I was, you know, all these negative things well, and I just want to put it out there that this did happen and, and it was a regular okay. thing well I mean I yeah I mean here's the thing is like I heard I heard the other shows and the thing is is that it's kind of hard for somebody to be like you know oh this is a, this doesn't sound like the role and I knew well you guys got you guys the got nice, the, 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 the very the, sick the nice role who didn't care no more oh I love you you're the best right you guys got the role that was trying to make make up for lost times because he felt, you know, I mean, I don't know what he thought in his mind, but I feel like he's like, you know what? I go, let's maybe, maybe let's try to be a nice person, you know, so I can have a, some, some, some sort of nice legacy. Cause I'll tell you what, that is not the same person when I, uh, when I left APW and to what it is now it is definitely not the same person, but let's digress. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a whole, you know, we can do a whole show about just rolling, but I, I feel like Gabe did a pretty, you know, pretty good job at it. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, on the, on the first episode that I heard, I mean, pretty much what what Gabe was talking about was pretty pretty much spot on because I lived it. Yeah, and this this is this like Vinny. This is a show where we tell truths, man. I mean, there's no you know pi about it. If, if you know, if you guys want to talk about it, that's fine. Um, the the what I what I really want to know is is the, the training. You know, I mean, you said ninety seven, ninety eight, somewhere around there. You know. Um, I want to know, you know, how strenuous the training was. You kind of touched on it a little bit, but I also want to know when you debuted because I think Beyond the Mat started in '99, right? Starting taping? Well, no, no, no. It came out in '99, right? Yeah. So, so that means in, that you, well, you probably I saw you <laughs> I was there already. I saw you in a lot of the footage. Just watching. Yeah. The movie, well, so like, so. so if you if you watch Beyond the Mat when they come through the gym, uh, you can see me. I'm like, you know, a little 17 year old kid. I literally look at the camera when the whole time they're like, don't look at the camera, but I didn't give a, you know, I don't know, whatever. I was an idiot. Uh, but yeah. Such no, a greenhorn. That's, 
Yeah. So that's but that's at that time that's when there was a lot of students. Like when I when I first there, there was me and one other guy, uh, and then the other guy quit. So it was literally me by myself with like Vic Grimes, Donovan Morgan, uh, Tony Jones, and uh, there was a couple other guys, but they ended up quitting. But those were pretty much it, and those guys were already like pretty much, you know, done with their training. Like Donovan was wrestling already. Vic was just about to have his pro match. Tony was about to have his pro match. So these guys were like, and the problem is that Roland made everybody take beginners like over and over again. So these guys were doing beginners, and there's like, these guys are doing like power bombs, and they're like, you know, they, they want to be with me, like trying to teach me how to do, lock up. They're fucking, they're hate, they hate it. So obviously it was very rough. Uh, and you know, plus like I said, Roland wanted to basically get me out of there. I remember the second week I was there, we were like tearing, you know, he made us tear down the ring and put it back up so we know how to do it. Uh, and, uh, and I was standing on the top and, I, and on the, like on the mat, the ropes were down and Steve Rosano was on the other side and he, he grabbed the, the mat and yanked it while I was standing on it and I fell out and I just took a, took like, just fell on the, on the ground, landed on my hand, on my hand I didn't know how to take a bump yet, uh, you know, because the first week you don't learn a bump; you just do cardio and to the stop sign and back. Right. So then I went, I landed and broke my arm. Oh no! I broke my arm the second week I was there, and like, and I remember walking out. Like my dad picked me up, and I was remember holding. I had ice, and I remember walking out, uh, and I came back in because I forgot like my hat. And I remember Roland was like, "Whoa, that's it. He ain't coming back." And I grabbed my hat and just turned around in shame, just like walking wow. back. Wow! And then I think, I think because of that, I was like, you know what? Fuck I'm staying. <laughs> and I just oh, yeah. and like and I and I even and I kept showing up. I like even with a broken hand, like I had a cast on, I still showed up. Uh, you know, like just you know, yeah, I just kept showing up. And honestly, the 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 grace, the only the only thing that like made me not quit was being friends with Vic. Yes. Like uh like Vic was really was really like nice to me because he would cuz I would talk he would ask me a question about wrestling and I would tell him, "Oh, you got to see this." And he's like, "I never heard of this guy cuz you know, you know, lo and behold, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I'm a fucking wrestling nerd." Oh, so, we know. Like I know yeah, I know every like literally people be like, "Hey, have you ever seen this promotion?" Like, "Oh, yeah, I've seen this and I can just spew out like all these names and moves." So me and Vic, like, I had, like, a collection of tapes, and, like, I would show Vic all these tapes, and, like, I would tell Vic, hey, what about this? And it's like, oh, yeah, it's a great, and, like, me and, me and Vic would, like, sit, you know, watch wrestling and, like, come up with moves for him, because, I, you know, I was nowhere near ready to wrestle. So we would come up with a bunch of these crazy moves, and Vic liked it, and Vic liked me, so he kind of basically was like, oh, you're going to be my little brother, so... You know, there's still nice. there's still people out there that think well, like me and Vic are like actually related, nice, which is funny. Nice. So, but yeah, he he just even he, you know me and him, Vic became really close. So, Vinny, I, I want to know, man, like when when did you debut? And my question, my other question is, is did you debut as a wrestler first? Because when we were doing the Tom Caster uh, episode, he mentioned that you had done some uh, some refereeing. So, right, yeah, so. You know, after my my arm healed, and I just kept, <laughs> and I kept 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 going, kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going. Really, I ended up becoming a really good bumper. Um, 
So, you know, basically bumper froze, what you don't know, is the guy that takes the falls. So, like, I and I, and I was dumb and crazy, and I would just take these, the craziest, like, I would land on my head, like, on moves. Like, I was just, like, you suplex me, and I would just take a right on my head, and people were like, dude, you all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine, why? Like, just, just killed, right? So, they're like, okay. Everyone's like, you know what, let's put Vinny as a ref, because he looks like he's, like, a baby, because I had no facial hair. And I look like I was, you know, you know, I was, well, they think they thought I was like 19, but I was actually like 17. So, and, and they would just have like every show, like I would ref a match and every show, like there was a wrestler would just yeah. kill me. They would just do some kind of like Vic would do this move. Mike Modest would do a, you know, this move. There's just, I was always taking. I remember, uh, it got to a point that, uh, I think it was 97. 96, late 96, but I'm pretty sure it was more early 97. It was a battle royal. And literally when the bell rang, uh, Modest ran to Vinny and gave him a head and arm. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We're like, much. wait, yeah. what the hell? Like, how does that work? Why would the first guy you go after, you know, normally the big rip sometimes, you dog pile one guy, the ring announcer, a ref, whatever. Nah, bell rang and Modest ran, head and arm. Boom. And if I remember correctly, Vinny, that's what started getting uh, – uh, a lot of the fans into you because, um, you know, let's be honest, not everybody uh, at the gym or at Jim Moore's uh, at the boot camp at that point in time were taking those bumps. It was very old school, you know, uh, drop down, oh, yeah. fraud, take it again, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then you started taking these head and arms and you were landing incredibly like, you know, sick bumps. Right. And fans were like, what the hell? So you started yeah. getting over because of your bumps. You were a very good referee, but no one gave a shit about that. They wanted to see you take bumps. No, you know, that's what they wanted to see. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, because I mean, back then, at, and you know, at APW, it was like the first match was like you know two guys it would be like Jason Clay versus Rick the Turner, icon. and they would, and they would go, they would go home with like a top rope crossbody. <laughs> And, and, like, the first five minutes, it was, like, an eight-minute match. The first five minutes was literally tackle, take it again. Yeah. Tackle, drop down, take it again. Tackle, tackle, take it again. Like, that's, and literally that was it. Like, there was just, and but it was good because it was, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not talking shit. I'm saying what they were but good it was, at. though. Like. That's what it was. Huh? That's all it was, you know. Yeah, and that's all, but they were, it was, like, really good. Like, you were, like, holy shit, what, you know, back then, you're, like, 97 you know, it start. You know, it wasn't wasn't hitting quite yet, but I was like one of the first ones. Like, hey, do you guys know that there's this thing called All Japan Pro Wrestling and like All Japan Women's and you know, there's a lot of other shit going around. And that's when people were like, oh my god, there's this move and this move. And then you know, and I started showing them. I had you know, I, people started watching more tapes and so you know, yeah. But yeah, so Black was what Gabe was saying is that. So yeah, the fans were like, "What kind of crazy bump is Vinny going to yeah. take now?" So and you, so I kept doing that. And Vinny, you were watching all these like J- J- Japan promotions, and you know, like, oh, I watched yeah, and, and you were, thing. you were, you were basically taking a lot of the stuff that they did over there, and you were applying it, you know, in in what you were doing yeah. then, right? Right, because I wasn't a wrestler, so I wasn't like, "Hey guys, I wasn't coming up with any moves back then." I was just doing that with Vic because Vic was the only one listening. But like I, in my head, like I had a notebook that I had like all these moves like that I would like, you know, like I would think up. So like I would have this notebook that I would put by my, by my bed because every time I would go to like take a, you know, go, go sleep or whatever, I would dream of these crazy moves and I would wake up and just write them down. And like I have this, 
I don't know, I'm sure I threw it away, but it's literally this book of full of, of like, you know, half Nelson Bulldog or, you know, just weird moves. You're like, <laughs> and some of them was, some of them would work and some of them would, you know, wouldn't work. But, uh, but yeah, but I mean, they all, it, when you're, when you're watching everything, when you're watching like all Japan pro wrestling and all Japan women's and new Japan and a little bit of Lucha and a little bit of Indies, you start to, you know, your mind goes crazy. You know, it's like, if you, if you watch, if you listen to, um, rock and roll music and heavy metal and a little bit of classic and a little bit of jazz and, and funk and pop then yeah you're you're you know you're gonna start experimenting with different kinds of genres and you know you're, you're gonna become a better musician yourself and i feel like that's what you know made me a better wrestler and there there was a point in time then where where you were you know refing and then you would run to the back get changed and you would come out and you know wrestle at, at one point in time, you, you mentioned Big Grimes. You were in a tag team with him, right? You were Little Dick Grimes. Is that correct? Right. Well, see, right. So, that, so that's what my oh, my debut was. I was Little Dick Grimes. Referee. I was, uh, Big Grimes. I was Little, yeah, I was Little Dick Grimes. I was Big Grimes' little brother. Uh, and pretty much, you know, I would ref, I would ref, because they didn't want to, they wanted, they didn't want to know who was under the mask. So I would ref a match. The intermission go change as big grind as little Dick Grimes wrestle, then go back, change, and then rest the main event. Cause the gimmick was that they, you know, everyone knew who I was, but the West Side players wanted to prove it. Cause if I did, I would get fired as a referee. Mm-hmm. Cause I started helping out as a referee. Cause he too, wasn't so. biased. He couldn't be, a, you know, a, a down the middle right. referee. Right. So yeah, so I would just do both, and man, I loved it. Me and Vic as a tag team were awesome. You know, we were doing a lot of, you know, cool moves, a lot of stuff, you know, crazy stuff like that. Um, you know, I wish, I, honestly, I wish it would have lasted a lot longer than it did. But, you know, so things For what it's worth, here. Vinny, you were little dick then and you're still little dick now. Ah, uh, here pretty we much. go. <laughs> no? Well, hey, pretty much. No? Thank okay. you. Vinny, sorry, um, sorry. I like that. I, I, I like that. Dick. I like to ask this question. I like to ask this question because I think it is relevant to to any conversation. Is you know we we all get we you know we all train, we all get in the ring, we all start working matches. You know, match one, match two, whatever the case may be. At some point, fireworks start going off, things start clicking. You know, when when and and what matches would you say you were in that allowed you to say, you know what, hey man, I, I'm starting to get this. I think. I think I got this, and, 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 and now I want to apply my creativity. Now I want to apply a lot of these moves I've been thinking of. I really believe that I can make a go at this, you know, because I get it now. Uh, probably when I wrestled Boyce Legrand. Um, hmm. That was that was the, the first 98. time that, yeah, it was like, it was like after I, I, I stopped doing a little Grams and I was wrestling as Vinny Massaro. I just, I was by myself. I wasn't, you know, I was just... And I was, the cool thing is that I was like opening match, second match. Nobody, like there was no storylines to it. It was just me go out there and have a good match. And, you know, we were just out there doing whatever the hell we wanted. And me, and the thing we, the good thing about Boyce is that Boyce was like me. He wanted to do something yeah. more. Like sometimes, sometimes you got, you know, it takes two to tango. So sometimes your dance partner just be like, oh, you know what? I just want to take it easy tonight. Because... When you start doing, here's the thing, when you start doing crazy moves and bigger moves, uh, as Gabe will know in Lucha Libre, the, 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 the harder the move, the more crazy stuff you do, the, the bigger the, um, you know, the chance of, 
fucking up. Right. Right. So there's a lot of there's a lot of guys in wrestling that are afraid to yeah. fuck up. They are just afraid to have the fans realize you fucked up to go in the back and have a wrestle with man. You that was shit. Me, I was like, yeah. screw it. I'm wrestling. I'm front. I'm wrestling in front of fifty people. I'm gonna. I'm not getting paid for it. I'm like 19 years old. I'm gonna probably wrestle till I'm like 50. Who gives a shit? <laughs> so I I will go. I will go out and I would just literally wrestle and you're like, what the fuck was that? I'm like, I don't know, dude, how do you look? Nah, nah, okay, scratch that one out. And then we're like, holy shit, what was that? Oh, uh, this move I came up with, that looked awesome, all right? Right, keep, keep that one. And, you know, and yeah, I had bad matches and I had good matches, but the thing was that with boys, boys wasn't afraid to be like, yeah, let's do it. You know, other wrestlers were like, yeah, you know what, let's just do tackle spots instead. No, boys, me and boys would go out and do crazy shit. And we were we were okay if it failed. We but you know what? At least we tried. So would you would you say he was the one that kind of you know started the process? Because I also want to say that, you know, I've always been of the opinion and, and you you actually told me this one time, so uh, my opinion is kind of yours, is you're you're not gonna get any better unless you wrestle people better than you. So right. I know you and you and Boyce were probably on the same level, just going out there saying, "Fuck it, we're gonna kill it, we're gonna kill it, we're gonna do some stuff people ain't never seen." But what type of matches would you say you had for people that were on a higher level for you per se that would have um, you know helped along with the process of you actually starting to get get the wrestling, you know, in ring psychology and and, and whatever. Uh, that didn't happen until. I left my comfort zone. Uh, you know, it was all good at Gym Wars. We were having good matches, but I mean, like, you know, like, there's my, my, my opponents, like, Jardy France and Boyce LeGrand. They were awesome. They, like, you know, tore down the house. Um, you know, I had great matches with, you know, with uh, Vic. I had great matches with Tony Jones. I had great matches with Mike Modest, but it wasn't until I left and wrestled elsewhere, like, wrestled other people, that I, that I realized, holy shit. I have. I'm the one that has to lead this play. I'm the one that has to lead the match. I'm the one that has to, you know, you know, make audibles in the middle, and that made me a better wrestler. Right, right. By far. Now, Gabe. Yes, sir. From a, you know, from from a, a promoter's perspective, and I, I don't want to say that per se because I think you were still in the training phase around that time. Correct me if I'm wrong. But what was your impression of Vinny in terms of, you know, how? he was picking up wrestling how he was progressing and and did you see him as somebody that was going to actually you know have a chance of making a go at this even back then well i mean it's hard for me to say what i thought then because what i thought then i didn't know what i was seeing so it'd be impossible for me to tell you what i saw at that point in time but looking back um and knowing what i know now what made difference uh and what made Vinny stand out from others, and I'm just saying standing out from those ones in front of him, for a small time, uh, it was only really Vinny and, and Vic Grimes that were pushing the envelope, if that makes any sense. Um, because, okay. it, you know, uh, Vic, um, Vic, uh, Vic pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed to, to want to do, you know, um, some hardcore, but with some wrestling and some power moves. Vinny pushed to do, you know, the Japanese stuff. The problem is, though, even though they pushed, they still needed someone to take the bump. 
you know? Uh, right, and right. Vinny didn't have nobody. I remember watching Vinny do matches without saying names with a certain wrestler. Uh, Vinny went for the head and arm, and the guy changed his mind and goes, no, 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 no. And so, okay, so you can't see the head and arms. You can't see the, you know, the... the, the the Kabatas, the Kabashi, you know, all the stuff he was, you know, that we were watching, you know, he knows what I'm talking about because they don't want to do it. Oh, no. Listen, this is my favorite <laughs> story. I got, because I just, I remember like the second, the second time I wrestled as Vinny, right? Uh, I was there and I wrestled, I wrestled this guy named uh, uh-huh. Bill Cole, right? And I remember, and I fucking do, I've, I must have just been like, the fans must have just been like, what the fuck just happened? Cause, cause like, so he's staying in the middle ring. I gave him two forms and I fucking grab my arm like I'm going to do the, 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 the snoring elbow and I spin and I see and he falls down. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? He's like, oh, I, th- I thought you were, and I, and I go in the back and it's like, well, dude, what happened? He goes, oh, you t- gave me two forms and I thought you were, you want to give me an elbow drop. I'm like, what the fuck? I lost my mind. I was just like, oh my God, boy, yeah, when are you, yeah, come you here. Know, so Come like here, if it wasn't you know someone not it's not about age or anything but someone young who had been exposed to, the, to a younger stuff as far as like ECW was pushing then you saw Vinny being able to do something like that but if it wasn't with Vinny he wouldn't be able to now it doesn't mean that there was others that he couldn't do it with I mean we at that point in time we had a huge roster to say but the way the uh, company was run uh, Vinny had just debuted, and he was not going to wrestle Modest. He was not going to wrestle Crash oh, no. and Rosano, none of those guys. And even no though we way. had a small roster, Roland's theory is, I don't give a flying fuck about the opening matches. That's shit. Nobody came to see him. So he didn't care if it was Bill Cole and, and uh, Vinny Massaro over and over and over. Up until, you know, uh, Roland got on the message boards and fans were like, oh, man, that match was great. Um, Roland started, you know, letting go of the reins a little bit because Vic Grimes um, and Vinny were, I, I talk about both of them because for a long time they went hand in hand, is when Vinny started working uh, 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 Boyce and he was allowing to, well, you know, head drop him per se, right? And then Boyce was able to fly and Vinny was catching him. That took a little bit of convincing Roland, like, all right, cool, let's open up a little bit more. And I don't want to say it inspired anybody, because I'm sure we had a lot of great workers that could do a lot of stuff, but I think it allowed them to go, hey, yeah, let's let's all push the envelope a little bit more, because God knows Modest could have, and Crash could have, and all these guys could have, but at that point in time, the product wasn't going that way, and then when, right. and then when Vic right. finally got the green light um, to do something hardcore, uh, un- unlucky uh, lucky for the boys, but unluckily for J.R. Benson, but J.R. Benson goes, go ahead, man, do whatever you want, I'll take it, and Roland goes, well, fuck it. He wants to take it. Let him take it. So he throws him out there. And this was actually March 17th, 1997 uh, is when uh, Vic Grimes climbed the garage uh, wall, the roll-up door, and he built onto a table. And that was like the first animated GIF and, you know, indie wrestling ever. You know what I mean? And, and that took off. And when, when that took off, Roland's like, huh? Oh shit, we gotta do that more. All right, cool. Uh, you're gonna fucking kill Benson for, you know, until further notice. All right, right. Let, let's have Vinny and Boyce work in singles, in tags, uh, you know, three ways, whatever he could. And then right. all of a sudden, 
now you got Modest doing his stuff, and then you know uh, Max Justice, and you right, know, and, and then and then the, right, and then the, the thing that um, I know, like you guys, when, when I say this, you're gonna be like, "Well, what's the big deal?" But to us APW guys, it's a big yes. deal when Roland when Roland invited uh, Chris Daniels and Hardcore Kid in. <laughs> that that was that. That was like, holy shit, Roland, you're actually having somebody else wrestle The here? Suicide Kid. Right. Sorry, yeah. Suicide Kid, not Hardcore no, 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 Kid. No. My bad. Hardcore Kid's way taller. Yeah. Suicide Kid. Yes. Uh, suicide Kid and Chris Daniels. And, and they fucking just, dude, they tore it up. Because, you know, they were the same way. They were like the modest and Robert Thompson of, of L.A. And they tore it up. But the reason why Roland never did that is because if he did that, he would, he would say, a bit in his way... Oh, that's me saying that somebody else's training is just as good, if, if not, not better, better than absolutely. ours. Absolutely. And the worst part was, though, is the moment he had someone come in, um, for whatever's worth, uh, Daniels was not being driven in. He was flying. He was being flown in. Right. So he had a paid flight, and he had a payout for for Jim Morris. And what that caused was drama because all the boys are now asking. Cool, where's my payday? And so then now oh. Roland had to pay modest and a little bit more or then pay these guys. And it, it opened a whole a whole kind of worms to a point where the ring used to be 22 by 22. And at one point, it got 16 by 16. So Roland could fit more people in, in, in at Jim Moore's, charge 20 bucks a ticket, and draw 150 people. And, and he wasn't paying nobody. And so he would pay Daniels in his flight. And then that's when things started changing because people started kind of like, hey, uh, where's, yeah, where's I don't, my I don't know. I don't, I don't know if, if anyone would like what I'm about to say. But like, I, as shitty as that was, that's kind of smart on his, on his part to, to shrink the ring to get more people. <laughs> well, it was. But wow. think about it, though. Um, how are you going to have a, a Vic Grimes who's like 340 pounds and, right. and and Vinny, a big kid, trying to do an exploder and take one? But by the time you take one step, you're almost being thrown out the ring. So, uh, you know, yeah, and, right, right. And, and so he got greedy, but, you know, it is what it is. He made his money. You know, I'm not going to knock him on that. Right. No, I mean, like, listen, there's there's been plenty of guys that have done that. I mean, I mean, you look you look at all the, all those old and, you know, like uh, uh, all those old studio TV, you know, like. You know, this, you know, AWA or all those, you know, they, they all, they all, uh, the, those rings are tiny. You know what I mean? Right. So, I mean, th things, things will happen. But that, 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 the thing that, you know, Roland was just, yeah, Roland, Roland was Roland. Roland was, knew how to work. You know, like I say, you don't, he, his favorite saying was don't work a worker. And <laughs> God damn it, he was right. <laughs> uh, so, Vinny, I, I want to switch gears a little bit. Uh, I want to talk about, um, when when you started venturing outside of um, APW, um, specifically, I've, I've watched a bunch of matches that you did and uh, XPW. I mean, some of the some of the the death matches that you had with uh, uh, what is it, the the Luke the Alter Boy and, and Alter Boy, Alter Boy Luke, yeah. Luke and, and and guys like that. You, dude, you started getting into these hardcore style, these death match style matches and. You know, I really feel like a lot of them, I mean, you were like, I feel like you were in your element there, you know, some of your best work um, at that stage. Talk to me about when you started venturing out and when you picked up the hardcore deathmatch style. 
All right, well, so I, I'm going to start because I love, I love telling people the story. Because uh, there's an, uh, I know Gabe always tells, tells his guys, you know, be careful who you're around. You, ne- you never know who, you know, what the person next to you is going to be doing in 10 right. years, Back. right? Yep, yep, yep. You know, so I remember when I, the very first time role APW, I was like 16 years old. I wasn't even a ref. I think I was just like barely starting to wrestle. No, I was like, yeah, I was 17 years old, barely starting to wrestle. And Roland went down to Bakersfield uh, for the first time, you know, and he went down there. I wrestled. I ended up wrestling Suicide Kid. Uh, but I remember just sitting down, minding my own business, and this guy comes up to me, and me and him, we just start chatting, and I'm hella nice to him. He's nice to me. And we're just, you know, super nice, you know, like, and I, I was, because everyone else for some reason was just kayfabe this guy. I don't know why, just did, just leave him in a leave him in a well. Long story short, that person was actually Kevin Kleinrock. Mm-hmm. So, right when when uh, XPW started, you know, Kevin Kleinrock's like, "Hey, Vinny, remember, I remember you from Bakersfield." I was like, "Oh yeah, well, how you how you doing?" And because of that, he helped me. He always remembered who I was because I was nice to him, and you know, he basically has helped me out so many times, you know, and in, in the you know, and got me. And he's one of the reasons he called me up to go to XPW. And I, the thing with deathmatch wrestling, uh, my wife hates it because obviously I get scarred up. But I just love it because one of my favorite, thing, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time is a uh, uh, Cactus Jack, and he pretty much made his, uh, you know, you know, the stuff that he did in Japan with the hardcore stuff. I love. Right. I absolutely love. And the fact that he can go and be that deathmatch guy and then also a WWE guy and then just, you know, to me is amazing that he can do all those things. And, uh, you know, like, I love Terry Funk. He's one of my favorites, too. So, to me, everyone, uh, well, everyone just hated deathmatch and thought it was garbage wrestling. I freaking right, adored but, it. You, like, but I, but you know, the thing is this, though, is um, in discussion, you know, right now, it's like, what, what made you like wrestling? It's like, oh, well, I grew up watching... Tiger Mask cartoons and watching New Japan Pro Wrestling, and then we go over to to the APW boot camp, and we all know the the method you would taught was the seventies, you know, classic, you know, uh, you know, lock up, headlock, takedown, you know, uh, build up, uh-huh. toss off, uh-huh. tackle, drop down. We had that, and then the majority of your moves that you were doing were all all Japan based, so. How did you go from being a kid watching that style of wrestling, growing up, seeing the ECW, but being trained one way? In APW, I never really saw you go in that direction or let alone want to go in that direction. Why did you go into XPW? Now, is it because you were gone from APW? You said, you know what, I'm going to go XPW because that's what's out there? Or did you really want to do the hardcore? Uh, well, no, I mean, obviously there's XPW wanted me to, you know, they booked me, so I went over there, but I, I, you know, I wasn't like, oh, I need to do, I'm done with, it, with APW, I just want to do uh, death matches. To, to me, I've always been one of the guys uh, that, you know what, I'm not just going to do one style, I kind of want to be able to do, like, everything. Uh, you know, like, I like those, you know, I like the fact that, like, Misawa is my all-time favorite wrestler of all time. Like, he's just by far the greatest wrestler to me. He can do no wrong. So to me, that the fact that he started as Tiger Mask, doing high flying, you know, doing basically lucha libre style wrestling, then became Misawa. You know what I mean? 
to me, that's so. I always found that so cool that he was like, you know, he's not just one wrestler just doing the same thing over and over again. That he changes, you know, like uh, Cactus Jack, you know, Mankind, Mick Foley, whatever you want to call it. He went, you know, he will go to NWA, wrestle a certain style, wrestle TV, and then go to Japan and just be like the hardcore death match, just bar wire, all kinds of stuff. And I love that. And I was like, you know what? I want to be able to do all kinds of styles. Right. Uh, and I want to learn how to do all kinds of styles. And, you know, I was like, you know, fine, I'll try death matches. You know, you know, I was booked at XPW and they asked me to do it. I was like, you know what? And then I started doing it and I freaking loved it. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just the fact the you know you know just everything about it just the you know the excitement the build-up the storylines you know the psychology of, of the actual match okay so uh, so i gotta you know i gotta ask Vinny. like okay what do you remember your first match and what it was like going through um that experience i mean god you know you're going from you know controlled pro wrestling into <laughs> an environment where you can, wait, you can wait, get like wait. seriously hurt. When you say controlled pro wrestling, where'd you get that from? Well, I'm, yeah, I'm, that well shit, dude. Let, like, let's talk about it. Have you ever watched Lucha? <laughs> let's let's talk about it. We are as safe as we can be in that ring. You know, and, and, right? and, and if you it's a traditional pro wrestling match, you know, there there is less in my mind. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's less in my mind of a chance for you to get hurt in one of those matches versus an uncontrolled environment. In my opinion, where shit, dude, if you get hit in the back with a light with a with a, with a stack of light tubes, like I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be hurting. I'm gonna be bleeding. I don't know how yeah. that's gonna go. Like, there's more of a danger to it, and and I just want to know sure. what that experience was, and and you know, obviously the first match kept you going so there was something there that made uh, you want to keep going right yeah it's just you know the reaction that i got from fans uh you know and honestly just just the fact that i was you know like i don't know to me the fact that you can look at my career back and say vinny's done this and this and this and this and this it's kind of you know to me i that's kind of cool yeah you know what i mean i i, I dig that and uh, you know when, when you say controlled I mean, yes. I mean, there's there is a higher chance of getting more hurt or more cut up with death matches, but honestly, to me, it's more. Uh, you know, I've seen people get injured just doing tackle spots. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, if if you're a good pro wrestler and you know how to wrestle and you know how to control your own body, right? Uh, and, and and you make decisions. I mean, there's plenty. There's been plenty of times where someone's asked me to do something, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. That's that's too crazy. Um. So. There's, you know, control, even, even though there's blood and there's glass and barbed wire, it's, it's, to me, it's still controlled on my end, on my aspect of it. Well, that, that's what I wanted to ask because, you know, I've, I've never been in a death match and I'm not sure that I ever will. I, you know, I, I don't know. Book it, Gabe. Here we Book go. it. Well, but, um, I don't know yeah. if we can have a match like that at controlled pro wrestling. So, here we go. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I don't even know yeah. if I can have All control. Right, guys, I'm going to catch shit for this stuff, <laughs> damn it. Control, control. I mean, you talk, you talk about, you know. Control. I mean, talk to me about the talk to me about the safety in in in, in the deathmatch environment. I mean, you know, I, I just I, I don't I don't understand it because I've never really done it. But I mean, if you want to take me through some 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 of the, you know, psychology, you know, I mean, the things that would you know be considered safe in that environment. Well, I mean, I mean here's a good question. Vinny, yeah. is there psychology in deathmatch? Yes, of course there is. How? 
What do you mean how? Well, I mean. Okay, I mean, here you go. I, okay, here I, we go. You, here we go. Okay, I mean, okay, okay, stop, stop. I know, okay. I know where you're going okay. with this. I know, I know okay. where you're going with this. I know where you're going with this. Okay, first of all, there's good deathmatch wrestling, and then there's bad deathmatch wrestling. What you guys are saying is those guys that the bell rings, ding, ding, ding. They grab a light tube, hit it on their head. They do it. They, they, and it's back and forth. Everyone just hits something. That's bad. That's but that's bad wrestling. You ever how many how many lucha libre matches have you have you have you seen where the bell rings? They just they hit each other and they run the ropes and they just do a spots no sell, and do, you know right. there's no psychology in that. It's there's good wrestling and there's bad wrestling. If you guys want, I can I can show you good psychology based uh, death match wrestling. And, when, and, I, and I, unfortunately, I'm I might catch some shit on it, but most of it is in Japan. FMW. A lot of. Uh, well, yeah, FMW, big Japan. big Japan right now. Uh, a lot of the stuff that happens around here in the states is literally just one guy. Okay, you hit me. Now you, now you hit me. Okay, now your turn to hit me. Like, there's no psychology. There's no rhyme or reason. It's just one other. It's what it is. Is another. It's fireworks. Like ooh, ah, ooh. But there's no storyline to it. In Japan, you know, they have a story behind it. They tell you a story behind it, where the last move is the best move, and. You know, when when the final bell hits and the final one, two, three of that match, you actually feel like, oh my god, that was a good match. Not, oh my god, that was a cool spot. That was a cool spot. Okay, okay. So, what were some of what were some of your best matches in terms of death matches? I just gotta ask. I've always been like infatuated with that. With death matches? Yeah. Oh man, some of your best. You know, it's. <laughs> Some of my best. You see how quickly they come off top of his head? <laughs> uh, well, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you guys, motherfucker. Well, I don't know why, it's easy, why you guys hate that. I'm not no, saying I don't, anything. I don't. I'm just saying, look how quickly they came off your head. Oh, my no, best I, death I match. Just... Uh, hold on. Google.com slash XPW. No, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't hate death matches. I just, I, I'm, I'm really interested to know what some of your, what some Vinny, of did, your did, best do, Were you working with Hoovy as your tag partner only, or did you do death match with him? There you go. No, no, no. I did, I did tag matches with Hoovy, and then I, did a, I just did the King of Death match with, uh, against Luke. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after that, I did, you know, like uh, the death match with Luke was pretty good because you know, we didn't just go out there and just beat each other. We actually had a match. Right, right. I uh, saw that. And we and we used and we used the death match stuff. But I did. Uh, you know, I've I've you you know we've I've had some matches down in um, uh, uh, in L.A. Uh, you know, some some death matches. That was kind of fun. Uh, for Mex PW, those were you know, and then SPW. We used to I used to have some good death matches at SPW. That was pretty fun. I got you. Um, but I you know. As far as anything, too, I don't get too crazy. I'm not like I don't go super insane with the death matches because obviously, you know, I would, I would like I would like to have a longevity in it. But, um, maybe, you know, I I do enjoy. I don't mind doing it. Let's put it that way. Okay. Okay. Well, let's let's switch gears again. Um, there was a point in time. I don't. I don't I'm, I'm trying. I've, I've been trying. Ask Gabe. I've been trying to get. Me versus Bestia hardcore match at uh, Revolution, and you can see, and, like you, and you can see how I would like to see. Yeah, that. and you can see how quickly I booked it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's never gonna happen. Oh. It's never gonna. It's never gonna happen. Game can it be unsanctioned? Game, unsanctioned? Game, game yeah, hate, it, no, it could be unsanctioned happen. somewhere else. It'll, it'll it won't be never. somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> it'll never. Game, game we can hates. we hates. can book that match. Fucking we can hates. book that match at Control Pro Wrestling. I'll be there. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> Papa, Papa's gonna start his own promotion. 
Control Pro Wrestling. Control. I'm gonna make. You know what? I'm gonna make a shirt. I'm gonna make a shirt. Control. <laughs> I might as well. That, oh man, I'm gonna control. catch so much shit control. about that. Anyway, let let's let's keep it moving. Get Gabe, yes, sir. Uh, there was a point in time where you decided that you were gonna leave. You know, uh, all pro wrestling. March you, you wanted to go out, <laughs> and you wanted to go out and venture out. He's. We've, this is really. I've never heard of this story <laughs> on your own. And pro wrestling revolution was born. When did you start? Booking Vinny and Vinny, take me through your time with Pro Wrestling Revolution working as Vinny Masaya. Uh, Vinny, see, Vinny and I, uh, Vinny, when Vinny broke in um, in APW, come he, on, he come bro- on. I, I broke truth. in in 90, late 96, early 97. So um, when there was the big split between Iron and APW, Vinny, oh, yes. Vinny was that floating bubble between who wanted to be on both ends because he had too many friends on both sides and didn't want to have any. Well, me being young in the business and seeing the opportunity for me, I was I didn't see both sides. I saw one side. I was pro APW, and that's it. I, I follow I follow the right. rolling rule of either you're with me or not. If you're with me, if you're, oh, you're yeah, against me. with me, cool. If not, you're against me. So Vinny was like, no, nah, I'm going to be on both sides because, you know, my trainers are over there, but my brothers and friends are over there. Because the majority of the boys went over there. The ones that stayed, the only one of the main boys that stayed was Robert. The rest was just students Art. and us. So Vinny and Art. I Art. didn't – Vinny and I had a, a – we kind of had a falling out for, for a good amount of time. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. So here's the thing. Here's the deal. So right when Iron started – and APW was kind of splitting mm-hmm. up, right? And that's so Vinny, that that's pro wrestling iron, right? Michael Modest and Donald Morgan, yeah. they went. So okay. pro pro wrestling iron, they're like rolling. I was basically after King of Indies, right? <laughs> so uh, everyone's like, okay, we're done. There's gonna be pro wrestling iron. There's gonna be APW. Everyone decide where you want to go. And I was like, uh, I'm actually gonna take a year <laughs> off of wrestling. <laughs> and they're like, and they're like. No, no, bullshit. No, you're coming APW. You're coming to... No, everyone's like... No, you're gonna... Roland's like, you gotta come APW. I'm like, I'm not coming APW. And Mike Monster, Chloe, you're gonna come Iron. like, I'm not coming to Iron either. I'm taking a year off. It goes for what? It goes, uh, my wife is uh, pregnant. So what I decided to do is take a year off of wrestling to have... You know, I went and, you know, had to get an, an actual job for number for you know, for num- number one. And then I decided, you know what? I'm just gonna take care of my son for a year. And just be with him and not having to, like, drive in the middle of the night because, you know, we got to tear on the ring, you know, three hours away. I was like, you know what? I'm staying home. And I did it. I stayed home. I didn't wrestle. I didn't even, I didn't talk to anybody and do shit. And then when I came back, uh, Gabe loves the story. This is the greatest. <laughs> this is my, this is, Gabe loves this fucking story. I know it already. So when do I tell. come back, I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to I'm gonna come back. I was like, I'm going to come back to wrestling. So first thing, first place I go is APW because I want you know because that's where I you know I, and I go in there and Robert's the trainer and American Dragon's there and you know Daniel Bryan and I was like hey where's Roland and you know it's like hey Roland I want to show you oh, my man. son oh, wow. and Roland goes Roland goes and I go Roland I go to I go to give him a hug right and he goes he puts his hand in my chest and pushes me away and I was like what are you doing here and I was like I want to show you a picture of my son it's like and and I sh- and I stick my hand out, and he goes, I don't know whether to, I don't know whether to shake it or mm-hmm. stop. Wow. And I was like, seriously, yep. like I'm just. It's like, well, 
you left. I'm like, yeah, I had a baby. No, you went to Iron. Like, no, dude, I did not go to Iron. Like, I was at home. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, and then I was like, well, fuck it. Then if I, if, and it's like you're not allowed. And there's literally there was like a sign. And my picture was on there. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. There was a picture. Wait a minute. Hold on. There was a picture. Corbis and Iron had a website. And the, the like they had like a powwow where everyone came to check out the, the, the place. And Vinny yeah. was in the picture. So was Rosano. So a bunch, a bunch of people. So someone printed that and put it in the office lobby window. If you see these people, they are not allowed in the building. And Vinny was in that picture, so oh, no. and I saw that, and I saw that picture, and I was like, Roland, <laughs> you went to, I saw you, you went to a, I went to Iron's, like, yeah, Roland, that's Mike Modest, he's my trainer, like, I can't, you know, he invited me to go look at his gym, I can't, I just went to go look, like, you know, okay, I go, I go, if you're not a wrestler, you don't know, like, Popo, you can attest, you can just back me up on this. There's a difference between, you know. You, you and, you know, a fellow wrestler relationship versus you and your trainer relationship. Right. Right. That is true. Like, like who was your first trainer? Robert Thompson? No. Gabe. Gabe. Okay, well, ob- obviously, perfect. You and Gabe, like, even if, if Gabe tomorrow, like, just doesn't do anything with wrestling, you're still going to be like, Gabe, hey, man, how you doing? Let me talk to you. Let me say hi. Absolutely. Cause he's your trainer, right. like same thing with like like Mike Modest. I mean, let I me mean, you know second to him, like just being like you know what, well, fuck you, I hate you. I st- I'm still gonna be not loyal to him, but I'm still gonna be like, hey, that's my trainer. Right. Like, no, you know, I, I, he, I, totally I, I owe him a lot. Yeah, I totally get that. You know, um, so but yeah, so like when Roland just kicked me out, and I was like, well, fuck, I'm just gonna go to Iron, and then you know, and then I, you know, I, I went to Irons, like, hey man, I was like, thank you, come back, blah blah. blah. You know, you want to train? I was like, oh no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm, I, I have a kid now. Like, I don't want to do that. And he's like, well, uh, if you train, you know, some things are gonna, some good things are gonna happen because we're gonna have this come. <laughs> when do I start? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sure, dude. I'm like, uh. <laughs> that's when I was like, yeah, 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 I'm gonna help. Fuck it. No, on I that mean, note, Vinny, Jesus on Christ. that note, when we had Dave Dutra on here. He said while he was at Iron, he said it was the absolute fucking living shits there. Um, people, like you said, Donovan, I think if I come wrong, see Donovan was drunk a lot or never there. Um, people spitting tobacco all over the place. Is that something similar that you came across while you were there? That was, I never, see, that's the thing. I never met Dave. Okay. When they, when I was, when they, when Dave was there, I was gone. Okay. Well, just just so, just hold on, Vinny. Just just the but just okay, okay, but, uh, uh, we, okay. Wait, wait, hold okay. on, wait, wait, wait. Okay, but are you asking me if Donovan Morgan was drunk? <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, no, I think I think I think what he's I mean I think what he's asking is because I, we had a student game, right? Hold on, I think I, I think I just heard no, a beer no. can open somewhere. We had a student no, 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 game I'm, that, I'm that sa- came I'm, from Ireland, listen. right? Um, yeah, we actually had a student um, came from Iron. I will not say his name because he's very private about his life. Yep. Um, but when he came from Iron, the first thing he tells me, he goes, "Yeah, man, I was in, I wrestled for a while, blah blah." Um, and long story short, he goes, "I trained at Iron." I go, "Oh, I go, who was your trainer?" He goes, "Well, it was supposed to be, you know, this guy and that guy. But ended up being this guy and that guy." But then he mentioned that when Donovan was there, that Donovan was drunk a lot and like you know uh kicking shit around and just being to what i know just oh yeah Donovan. i mean 
So yeah. when I when well, yeah when I got there, pretty much you know they were like, oh, Donovan and Mike are gonna train, but then you know their Noah, you know their tours got way more and more. So it, pretty much the trainers were me and uh, Seth, which is um, oh. Simon Gotch. Uh, you know Simon Gotch. You know Ryan Drago. Right. Those were pretty. Me and him were pretty much the two trainers Never at the heard time. Of right, and then Frank. Frank was trying to help, but. You know, but I'll bullshit this side though. Kelly or Frank. Frank was good. I think Frank was a good trainer. I just think yeah, by, but by he that was, time but Frank was done, you know, I think he just didn't care. Yeah, no but more. here's a but here's a problem though, is that you know, as as you know, you can't have a bunch of wrestlers running a business. It just shit doesn't happen. So you it's need, not so it's not for the boys, by the boys? Yeah, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. Right? I mean it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it, I'm sure they I'm sure they meant well, but at the same time, like, you know, they needed someone there 100%. And, yeah, I mean, honestly, if Mike, I think Mike w- would have been, like, the best one out of all of them. Yeah. But I, but I think is that Mike Mike had himself, he had a wife and two kids at a time and Noah uh, towards. Well, let me ask you this. So, let me ask you this. Yeah. When, obviously, the iron split um, with APW, and I've, I've thought about this, you know, because I was there for so long and it always crosses my mind. When that split happened, brother, I mean... All the marketing, all the graphics design, high tech shit stayed with APW, and then all the, and I'll say it, you know, um, without besides Robert staying with us, uh, all the the talent besides Robert who chose to stay left, and so Iron, yes, Iron had Misawa and Ogawa and just some really cool shit, but it's almost like saying if a tree fell down in the forest and no one was there to hear it, did it fucking really fall? I know that if we would have stayed together and we would have had Noah or, or uh, Misawa come together on both sides, I think it would have been a much bigger deal. We would have had well, of course. bigger stuff happen. But, of course. But, what, but what, that would have never happened. That right, would have never happened. The, the actual outcome, was it Mike Rowland? Was it Mike behind the scenes pulling the strings on Donovan and Rowland? Because ultimately it came down to Roland. Every time Roland and Mike fought, that was a major thing. It was always Roland and Mike. But then Mike said, "Fuck it, I, I know I, I won't live at, at the gym no more. I'm gonna go. Do, I'm gonna go do that. I'm gonna do something else, right?" But right. ultimately, the breakup happened. Why? What, what happened? Why could we have not stayed together? What made it finally split? Because Mike didn't want to start a, a promotion. All Mike wanted to do is have a fucking ring and, and train. Because being a Noah, these guys could not go wrestle in Noah and not have any ring time. And then it turned into a company. What happened? Like on your end, I know what happened on the APW side as far as what I was told. And then you know from being on the inside, because we were on different sides. You're with the boys, I'm with the company behind the curtain. So what happened? Uh, you know, I don't... I th- <coughs> Man, I, I'll have to like think about it because that was so long ago. But I, th- I, th- I think it just ended up being where like Mike... Okay, so the reason why Misawa showed up for the tryout was not because of Roland, it was because of Mike. Mike had... Um, well, Mike you, had you, can, you can go further than that. It wasn't because of Mike. It was because of Ed huh? Schumann. It wasn't because well, of well, Mike, it was Ed Schumann. Okay, but why did Mike... Mike Ed Schumann okay, called Mike. so right, right there. That, that's, that's where the problem lays. Because Roland would say, Ed Schumann told Mike... And Roland's like, well, so what? Mike's my guy. I pay him. He's my trainer. He's my wrestler. So I brought Misawa. So right, and that, and that's fine, and that's fine, and that's but that's that's when it gets fucking weird. Exactly. Because like because like Ed, 
like okay, so Mike was game booked in the Midwest. Yes. Roland Roland had no fucking clue who Ed was. No. So Mike Mike was game booked in the Midwest, and Ed saw a tape of Mike. Because, and this is where Roland was always fucking weird about it, right? So let's say, let's say I wrestle at Jim Wars against Boyce Grand, right? Mm-hmm. And and uh, there's in you know at Jim Wars, and there and somebody orders like an APW Jim Wars tape. Right mm-hmm. and, and sees me and Boyce LeGrand um, wrestle, and they go, "Oh my God, you guys are amazing! I want to book you for a show." Roland's like, "That's because of me." <laughs> and I was like, what, I go, "What do you mean, Roland?" He goes, "Well, I gave you the platform at Gym Wars that that you guys got booked because of me, so you owe me thirty percent." I'm like, "Wow, that, that doesn't make any sense." That's honest to God truth. Wow, he's not. He is being upfront. He's not even pulling a punch. That is very, very true. I go, Roland. That doesn't make sense. I'm the one. Like, it's not like it's not like you sent him the tape. It's like I'm the one. Like he, you know what I mean? It's like you know. It's like, oh hey, I watched you at this show, so I'm the reason why you guys got booked. I'm like, no, that's not how that works. But that's how Roland thought. Yeah. So Roland, so Roland's like, hey, you trained at APW, Mike Modest. Uh, Misawa came to my gym because that's where the gym was available. So I'm the reason why Misawa came to the United States, and that you guys are the reason. And I'm the reason why you guys are booked in Noah. And Mike's like, no, that has nothing to do with you, Roland. Well, now, without even going deep, I want to touch on this. I know, Papa, I'm sorry if I'm taking off from your script. No, that's okay. That's fine. Okay, here's a perfect example. Hey, Papa, this this podcast is not very controlled. This is nowhere near what the guidelines of Control Pro Wrestling Podcast is supposed to be. God damn it. I hate you guys. God (laughs) dang. No control in this place. Well, okay. So now we have Modest, Modest, Donovan being livid, um, Bison. Because Modest, Modest, Bison, Donovan all left Noah. Um, Roland says, I did it. Uh, Jardy France went. um, Jardy came back. They got rid of him because... He was dopey or whatever. You know, he was always, I don't know. Well, there's, I can't, there's, a, there's other stories that I Yeah, can't. yeah, 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 I know. I don't want to say, I'm trying to say he's dopey because without going into what really happened. Mm-hmm. So you have that. Okay, so Roland says they trained, they, I'm sorry, they had their tryouts at the boot camp. I paid for the for the Olive Garden. I paid for the limo. It's mine. <laughs> I, I'm just <laughs> telling you what it is. It's Which is mine. ridiculous. Which, Which is, is ridiculous. ridiculous. But Modest says no. Um. Ed Schumann booked me. Ed Schumann gave me the call. Told me that I'm having a red eye. This is what we're doing. So then Ed, so then it, it played this role in this business and it gets fucked up. Who's responsible for what? And so, and so, and so, instead of just saying, hey, you know, we did it together, it came yeah, down. I, Roland always needed to have. But, um, that, was a, but that was a problem. Right. That's why. I think that's why. It's not like Mike left. Like, screw you. You got to give me this, this. No. Well, I Donovan reason- did. Yeah, well, that's well, Donovan. Donovan stole Donovan stole the belt, and then Donovan Roland. Have, you know, what I mean, well, Donovan doesn't, doesn't Donovan doesn't have a brain for himself. He just well, does whatever. Here, Mike here's does. my point. So we had all that drama, right? But this is not the first time we had the same scenario, with different persons. Because oh, yeah, this when, so, sounds when, sounds very familiar yeah, to what you went through, right? Well, correct with me, and then also with Vic Grimes and and Crash, <laughs> right? Because that's exactly what happened with the same and Crash. thing happened. Is Jared Benson was. Kind of like our video, you know, handheld oh, stuff. This is very timely. This, by the way, this is very, very timely. Uh, yes, it is. It's very timely <laughs> because, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because you know, you know how everyone always talks about how um, 
you know, right now the thing is that Jim Cornette quickly uh, made every other wrestler at OVW sleep with his wife, right? Oh my that's, god, that's the rumor that's going around, right? So basically, what happened was is that Jim Cornette was friends with J.R. Benson and Ron Head. Uh, with with Jim Cornette, because Jim Cornette was in some crazy shit. So Jim, so you guys know Ron Head was APW's ring announcer, announcer and Jared Benson would record handheld footage right. in order for him to make right. crazy, stupid videos for ISW right. or, or so, whatever they were doing. So they, so they were at so they wrestled at incredibly strange wrestling and then extremely strange wrestling, and they would send all these videos. Like they will make, they will make like Cornette like once a month like these crazy best of videos. Which, by the way, I have seen. I've I've seen. You're, you're the one that saw it. I have seen these best of videos, and holy shit, Jim Cornette is into some crazy shit. Wow. I've never saw him. Oh, dude, no, it's it, okay. Let's put it this way: about eighty, fifty. It's it's fifty fifty percent wrestling and fifty percent just crazy. And I'm like. Holy shit! Am I? Is this illegal? Like, what the? F where'd you get this? It's like, oh, it's 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 literally the craziest shit you've ever seen in your life. So, keep going with this. So then, obviously, Stacy then married uh, Jim Cornette. But basically, one of these videos featured, "Hey, Jim Cornette, you seen some crazy shit?" Because they would send him like FM. He would send him like FMW tapes of like just dumb like your know, backyard shit. And it's like, hey, Jim Cornette, watch what I did. I got fucking this giant Vic Grimes guy kill me. But let me show you the whole match within Vic Grimes and Crash Holly. So that, so right. Jim Cornette's like, well, goddamn, these guys can't fucking wrestle. And then gave him a tryout. And that's how they got the tryout. But Roland was like, hey. Okay, there we go. There we go. So, Roland, they yeah. Gave the f yeah, they gave the phone call. And and I and I'm I swear to God when they got the phone call, Roland says the APW boot camp made that happen, and then that's when another split happened. Ron Head, you know Peter Hines, right. Stacy, uh, Brenda, Gina, Rosano, which all them were like, wait a minute, uh, the friend of a friend sent the video. You didn't do anything with no 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 no. I don't care if I answer no, the footage. No, no, no. I, exactly. I paid for the VHS tape. No, I let him come in my no, booking. It, it was my that. booking. It was my idea. I got you WWF. Uh, right. It wow. wasn't even. It wasn't even that. It was. Hey, it happened at the AP. It's an APW footage. So, I'm. I need to get twenty percent of everything. And and, my, and that was, meant twenty percent of their WWF contracts. Right. And Crash is like, "Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> well, all bullshit aside, Vic said, "No, nah, man, I ain't giving you shit." You know what I mean? Oh, it was I the was same there. thing. I was there. Yeah, you know. I was there. And, I was there when he, when Vic punched him in the face. <laughs> oh my god! I was baby. there. This is a great. Why do you have to say that though? No, Jesus. we're talking about it. Whatever. I was there because Roland gave Roland. <laughs> Go, <laughs> so I'm sitting there, right? Because you know, me and Vic, are, we're brothers. Uh, Roland's typing up something, and he goes in his file cabinet because Roland, because Roland, Roland's an account, so he has a file cabinet. He pulls out, you know, Vic's real name. Goes here, you go, and he slides it. He goes, "You signed this in 1995." Says that I, you know, that you know, if if you ever get signed, if I have something to do with it. And I was like, and Vic's like, you're rolling, but you, you never had some, you didn't have something to do with it. Well, you signed it. So, so Vic grabs <laughs> oh the fucking, the, grabs the paper, crumples it up. This is a, and throws this it. This is like literally like, if I, if I, I see this, like I can, I, I can see it in my head. Like it was yesterday. He crumples it up. Wow. So he makes a fist with it and his fist 
has the fucking paper like like a cartoon like you know when you have when you when like it's like hey give me back my thing and it's got like the paper wrapped around his fist and he punches oh he punches Roland <laughs> fucking the fucking dude. paper and I'm like oh my god and then the best thing he's, <laughs> he jumps on top of him like an MMA fighter and starts punching Roland and Roland and Vic Roland to me goes Vinny help. And Vic, Vic was and then Vinny goes, Vinny fuck jump, you, Vinny asshole. You know, broke I my hand when I was like, 19. <laughs> fucking Vic looks at me and goes, Vinny, jump in. I know you want to. And I was like, what the fuck do I do? And then Robert comes in and, like, hugs him and, like, he's like, move on, get out of him, get out of him, get off him, get off him. <laughs> Robert, Robert goes, what the fuck, man? TJ just <laughs> fucking beat up Roland. I was like, what? <laughs> right. So and and then TJ is gone, right? <laughs> and then and then and then TJ Vix goes, come on, come on, Vin, let's go. We go, we go, and then it's good I come prince. back. To, I go to I go. Well, we go to his house. I come back a week later, and Roland's like, hey, are you seeing? Well, Vic Grimes is gone. You can go with him, or you can stay here. I'm like, what do you mean? What the fuck? I had nothing to do with it. Well, if you're gonna stay with him or anything, you know, you're no longer to be his friend. I was like, "Fuck!" Like, come on, dude, really? Oh wow, 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 wow! <laughs> oh yeah, that 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 was very common. So now you have footage of uh, two guys getting signed to WWF, which he made an issue out of, and then the Noah situation, where again, it's blurred lines. Uh, this also happened with the NBC expose. So this is something that happened a lot, and a lot, a lot, and so that's the thing, though, Roland. Roland, Roland was great in the fact that he started something. No matter what the reason why he started it, we all got opportunities to grow to where we're at now. But holy but he wanted, he shit, wanted control. complete control! Like, he, Papa would have been great there in control pro wrestling. He would have been yeah, great there. Want, yeah, but exactly. oh my god! So, so like, Shirts I mean, pro wrestling tees coming soon. So, so like you know, I mean, like here's the thing: like everyone says, like, what do you mean he? he Roland was in control, wanted control. Like perfect example: this guy. Like started like you know me and me and boys started getting like, uh you know me and Vic Grimes. I remember me and Vic Grimes were uh, we started getting uh like popular. Like people were like holy shit, these two guys are fucking crazy. Let's let's you know. I remember this guy in New York wanted to book me and Vic to come out and wrestle with one of their tag teams, and Roland's like, oh no no no, no. you got to book Mike Modest and Donald Morgan instead. <laughs> wow. Oh, that that happened when remember when they were scoop slams the the website? Yeah, it was gonna he wanted me and boys, but then Roland's like, No no no, no Max no. Justice. Max Justice and Boys. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, but he asked for me. I remember oh, I was well, in the not- office. We were had the and- booking meeting and I asked. I go, But why <laughs> yeah. not Vinny? And first I was told shut the fuck up. Who the fuck are you, you fucking mark? And I was like, Okay. Right. Um, but I, I even though I'm a fucking mark, but I'm in the booking meeting, but okay, whatever. I'll just sit here. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're you're a you're a mark, but hey, can you do <laughs> do me a favor and do all the work? <laughs> and so it, it, it got to an ongoing thing. And so what 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 gets me though is we learned what to do, what not to do, but we we were all groomed in an era um where Getting spit on and knocked down and shit was was the norm. Wow! And I'm not and I'm not saying it's okay, but no. I, See, here's the here's the thing. Hold on. I hold from, on. speaking for me, I didn't know any better. I didn't know where else to yeah. go. I don't know what See, else here, I could. No, that's the thing. Here's the thing. Everyone's like everyone now is like, so what? Like you don't you don't get along with somebody? Move on. Okay. Well, back then, like if I told Roland, hey, I'm no longer in APW. Either I go to Big Time Wrestling, which was in Newark, or I would have to literally move to a different state to go train somewhere. 
it's like so so when people say oh well you know what does that mean like blackballing you because well back then you can actually get blackballed like if roland told me hey Vinny, you're no longer allowed in apw that meant i was pretty yeah. much blackballed where are you gonna, where are you gonna go yeah right it's it's not it's not like here we're like you know it's like hey Vinny, you're blackballed from revolution okay i'll just go wrestle at the other 45 under indies in the area control for wrestling like you know what i mean it's like it, back then like you if you were blackballed you were fucking kind of you were literally blackballed it's the way it worked so well, you know not, you know, not i mean a, little, a perfect example different. of that is when we talked to big ugly he said you know, he had to start his own promotion just to get yeah. work and, and start something because Roland had cut all that stuff off. And so Roland yep. did have that power. Roland's mentality, you know, that he got groomed by Roy Shire and so on. But that at that point, I don't even know because later to, later on in years, a lot of the stuff that Roland, you know, nah, told me about, about that, Shire's ended up not being true because his brother put him on blast. The most famous story of all about babysitting the rock, that wasn't true. So, yeah, you know, I think... I. Uh, if I can be honest with you, I think I think Roland was a uh, uh, Roland. You know, Roland. He like you know you everyone. If you knew Roland Alexander, you would know that he was like Dave Meltzer's number one fucking you know um, uh, subscriber. So I I think when Roland, Roland you're so <laughs> stupid. I'm stupid. I'm. This may sound like a dick, but whatever. I don't care. Uh, oh man. When when he says that he was there. I, I almost believe that he fucking read half the shit from, from the Observer. <laughs> <God damn it. laughs> Am I, come on, Gabe, help me out. Tell there, me I'm wrong. There were some times he would say stuff. I had to go, wait a minute, dude. That doesn't coincide with some that's of the other shit make, you said. I go, you know what? what I mean? Oh, yeah, that, that's how I go, Roland, you just read that on the Observer. <laughs> that's, that's not. No, no, no. I, he I, would, I, he I, would I, say, no, that's not what I heard. I'm, huh? How'd you hear? Well, I heard. Oh, that, I know. And I'm like, wait wow. a minute. Wait, I, I read that, like, on. Fucking woo wrestling, like you, you, yeah. you, you're saying the same thing I just read. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be like if I, if I say, "Hey, listen, guys, this is how wrestling works." Because I know I lived it. I'm like, "What do you mean? <laughs> I li- I experienced it. This is, I went. I remember when I was. Uh, I'm like, no, dude, that sounds like shit that you read on like on on the Chris Jericho biography. Vinny's like, when I, when Vinny's like, yeah, I was there when uh, Bruiser Brody wrestled in Puerto Rico. <laughs> I was there in the shower yeah, yeah. with him. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> hey guys, guys, guys. I, I, <laughs> Fuck these stories are awesome, dude. But I want to, I want to, I want to get back on track here because we got a lot of ground to cover. Oh, sorry, uh, what, oh, sorry. we're not on track. We, we have no control. Yeah, sorry, we, sorry. We got to get bad. back in control. I want okay. to talk. Hey, how how long are these these podcasts? Two hours. Know, we can go part two. Fuck it, just keep going. Fuck so man, so what I what I really wanted to talk about when I before we got on this uh, whole great conversation was pro wrestling, <laughs> pro wrestling revolution, right? You started working for pro wrestling revolution. I wanted to say, oh, okay. I want, I got a great story about that. Right. We, didn't get, we didn't get into that, but I wanted, I wanted to, what I was going to was the, the, the tryouts that pro wrestling revolution had at the pro wrestling revolution training Academy for Lucha underground. So yes. I, I wanted to talk to you about your initial uh, working with Gabe, as pro wrestling revolution and well, before and you go in there popo it was in yeah, tryouts yeah, yeah. for lucha underground though see yeah, when i got approached was... to do these tryouts it was for lucha libre triple a usa <laughs> and so i was gonna be working with uh the team again with kevin kleinrock who has his hands on everything in this business right well i was gonna be working with him on taking part <laughs> in uh... usa 
And I go, oh, it's great. And we're going to do a tryout, and they're going to be doing shows here, and I'll be the local promoter as far as getting ring and whatever, right? And then by the time it got on board, it, it, it turned into be Lucha Underground. And so then we quickly uh, backtracked it to, like, you know, tryouts for this. But I don't, I don't remember if we called it for AAA USA or we called it Lucha Underground. We were just doing Conan tryouts, and that's what we went into. But by the time Conan arrived, that's when he said what it was for, which at that point in time was going to be Lucha Underground. Uh, yeah, no, to me, when I, when I heard about it, it was just going to be for uh, AAA. Yeah. Like actually the triple A in Mexico, so I was like, Oh shit, I'm like, Yeah, there's no way I'm gonna get that <laughs> But <laughs> but I was like, might as well just you know, might as well just do a tryout so he can show you know, he can see me. So that's that's all I was thinking. That's the gods on the shoe. You can ask Gabe, I'm like, yeah, I'm just doing this tryout just to like see what happens. Just just to see what happens. Yeah. There's no fucking way I'm getting any of this shit. But this, but, this but, but, but no 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 wait, 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 hold much? on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, right. Hold on. Tell Gabe the first so when I first so after APW and Rev, you know Revolution started, and I was like, "Oh, Gabe started Revolution. That's cool." Like I remember, like I would see him, and I was like, "Hey, brother, how were you?" Like we were cordial, but we weren't. We were never like because me and Gabe used to be tight, like yes. really close friends. Yes. And then once the whole APW Iron thing start stopped, you know, part of it. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Part of it was the whole thing. Well, he was like APW, you're you're against us, and the other part was like, dude, I have a kid. Like the fuck, you know what I mean? Like I ain't I ain't got time to hang out no more. You know what I mean? So, but when he's, you know, and then we, afterwards we started talking and, you know, it, it's kind of funny when, when you get burnt by Roland, you're like, hey, I remember you, you got burnt by Roland too. Brothers! We love each other. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it, it's not, not like that, but I'm sure Gabe was like, oh, I kind of see what venue was talking no, you, about. No, you are, uh, you are 1000% because when I was towards ready to leave, Vinny, um, I remember Jason Dedrich. Um, for many who who hear the name Jason, who had a huge part in all of this as well, um, but I think he's kind of just bowed out from wrestling as a whole. But Jason called me on the conference call with Michael Modest, and I was like, "Oh fuck, what's this for?" And Mike goes, "Hey, what's going on?" I told him I wanted to leave and so on, and then Mike was telling me stories. I was like, holy shit, those are happening to me now. very familiar. Holy <laughs> shit, these, Mike, this happened to me, this is and that. And Mike goes, yeah, and this and this. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, what yeah, the yeah. fuck? So, and this is something I never share with anybody, but I'm not saying Mike pushed me that direction, but everyone who I talked to who had issues, um, and I left, I, I left because of Roland's business tactics, but his personal tactic of jealousy pushed me over. And then talking to Mike, I was like, oh my God, dude, so... He did the same thing that I'm going through. This shit's yeah. not going to change. No. Until until someone, you know, until he realizes, holy shit, there's nobody left. Yep. Wow. Um, but so I think, you know, part of it was Gabe was like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's, you know, I kind of understand because I'm doing the same thing. So we would talk and be like, hey, man, how you doing? And I remember I asked him, like, hey, man, if you ever need anybody for, like, a show, it's like, ah, uh, you know, honestly, Vinny, I would love to. <laughs> but I'm a Lucha Libre promotion. And I was like, okay, I understand. And I, uh, Gabe, okay, I can't, this is going to sound hella weird because obviously in hindsight, I was a fucking idiot. And I was like, 100% get it, Gabe, because I fucking hated Lucha Libre back then. The choir yes. case. Oh my God, did I hate it. I thought Lucha Libre was like the most non-selling, non-psychology wrestling in the world. And the reason is because just like how you, you guys are like watching the, the crappy deathmatch wrestling. I was probably watching really bad Lucha Libre matches. Right. 
I was watching like the stuff that you know you see like the fuck is this like you know and dude they're just literally just like locked they're just staring at each other and the guy just starts running the ropes and he took a pod driver and he's getting right <laughs> back up like what the fuck is happening well that's kind of like indie wrestling now right exactly but, yeah. but even so from the beginning I was even from the beginning of pro wrestling revolution though it wasn't like a, a traditional lucha libre company you had like a hybrid man there was american style incorporated well that was that was my goal and i remember when Vinny wanted to come on board or rick luxury um hit me up and he asked me he goes hey boss he says uh and this is my rick luxury impersonation hey it's boss the it's, it's the best rick luxury just so you guys know <laughs> just so you know what while i am talking my eyes are crossed okay? oh no no hey, no, no, no. That's, fucked. that's fucked up hey, oh wait yeah. you can say you can say tj punch rolling but i can't say rick oh fuck that shout out and to so rick then, luxury we love him we so love him rick says hey boss uh, Vinny Masara bet me fifty bucks that I can get him booked on on Revolution. I said, "Well, you fucked Which up." Which is true. I go, true. I, "I go, you fucked up." He's not booked. Why, boss? I said, "Cause, dude, I go, it's not Lucha." You know, all I remember was Vinny doing uh, hardcore when he left, and then he was doing this this fucking Italy gimmick Godfather shit in, in Sacramento, which I wasn't a fan of. And I was like, "Well, how's he going to fit?" You know what we're doing here. So lo and behold, long story short, he did one show with me in San Francisco. And um, I remember he was, I could tell it wasn't my brother. It was just Vinny going, okay, I'm here. I'll do what you want me yeah. to do. And then I Yeah, because everyone, everyone was like, I mean, I think I knew JJ and, yeah. and I think Oliver. And that was it. Yeah, and I had a, I had a, a tag match that was absolute shit. I gave, oh, the, I gave uh, them the, the commandos. Oh my god! <laughs> Why you keep saying fucking people's names, dude? Jesus, I, dude, bro, I've been wrestling for twenty five years. Like, who cares? Okay, what, so what, 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 what am I gonna get burned? What am I, I'm gonna get blackballed when I burn a bridge. Like, and whatever. so, <laughs> I, you know, I had an issue with the match, and then I went to Vinny and I go, Vinny, you know, am I wrong here? Like, talk to me. And I could tell Vinny wanted to tell me the truth, and he goes, oh, I don't know, bro. He's like, I, I'm just here to wrestle. I was like this motherfucker. I was like, okay. Oh, it was bu- and, I, and okay. Here's the thing. It was bullshit because there was like seven. Because Gabe uh, keeps his uh, his mat his shows about two and a half hours, and there's about six to maybe seven matches. And there was this, and this was the second match was a tag match. I'm like, and then the match after me was me Vinny Masaro versus Mr. Wrestling four four, which was JJ Perez, right? Yeah. So then I'm like, all right, JJ Vinny and JJ, you guys got ten minutes. Because this tag match, it's the fucking commandos. Dude, they're going to go. Dude, they got so much wrestling. They got so much shit. They're going to go like 15 minutes. They're probably going to go over. I gave them 12, right? 15. Right? So I'm like, dude, they're going to do. JJ, we're going to have like eight minutes because they're going to go over. They fucking have a two and a half minute match. <laughs> what? And I was like, I go, I come back and I was like, oh, man. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Oh, no. What do you mean? He goes, dude, you guys were out there for like three, three minutes with including your entrance. I don't know. And then <laughs> I'll never forget what they said. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're so... <laughs> it's the greatest thing. Dude, whatever. I'm never going to... I'm never going to visit for Hood Slam. Who cares? Oh, my they, God. They, they say, oh, bro, we ran out of moves. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> And I was like, what? <laughs> like, oh, seriously? Man. And I was like, yeah, bro, we, we, we just did our shit. And I was like, but you were supposed to go like 12. You went like four, like three and a half with entrances. And I'm like, so Gabe's like, 
fuck, fuck. He's, you know, you know, lo and behold, a promoter has stressed out during the show. Right. Gabe's like, Vinny, uh, I need you, <laughs> I need <laughs> you and JJ to go 18. I'm like, <laughs> what? Now, most people are like, Vinny, why are you tripping? 18 minutes is fine. JJ Perez is the, Mr. Wrestling 4 is the fucking beloved, uh, just the, you know, he, the fans love him. So 18 minutes means Vinny Massaro has to bump, bump his for ass 18 minutes, yeah. for 18 minutes. It doesn't yeah. mean like we can fucking work. doesn't mean we can go out there and work a hold. It's a Lucha Libre crowd. They, these, these like little kids out there. It's literally me bumping, bump, dude, for 18 minutes. Just like I took, I was like, oh my God, this fucking sucks. <laughs> Bump, thir- bump 37, bump 38. Dude, I bumped my ass. And, but then I was like, oh my, you know what? But it was cool because, fuck, it was, a, it, was a, it was a great show. There was a lot of people in the crowd. And I was like, all right, Gabe, I want to do this again. All right, you, Vinny versus blah, blah, blah. Next show. Boom, boom. And I'm fucking bumping for like 20 minutes. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Vinny, you're going to be in a six-man versus with Blue Demon and Kafu. Vinny, boom, 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 Dude, and I'm like, all right, dude, stop, stop. <laughs> stop we gotta stop and see that like, that's when tom caster was booking for me so tom caster um had uh the commandos who were wrestling for us as the weapons of mass destru- of mass mass like mass mass destruction and they did good for us i mean they had that one bad match but it was i, I think it was like a, a weird six-man tag or i forgot what their match was like three tag teams or whatever but nonetheless after that match, they came back with different gear, and they did fine for us. And I don't have a problem with them at all. They're they're they, they're good at and what they, they do. But Vinny, in their, in, in see, their and, defense, in their defense, in their defense, they have a lot of high, like high impact moves, and there's a lot of guys that are afraid of them. Yes, yes, that's yeah. true. Yeah, that yeah. sounds right. You know, and I and 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 I and you know, I, I'll tell them to their face. I love those guys. I love, uh, you know, D Unit. He's you know, he's fucking. I wrestled me and him. Had used to just have great matches, but. A lot of guys are afraid of them. They're like, oh, shit, we're going to get fucking killed. And so I'm sure there's a lot of guys that are like, no, 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 I don't want to take this. I'm sure that, I'm sure they've said they've heard no a lot. And it was funny because this whole time I was worried about the, the, you know, the, the commandos, you know, not fitting in. But they were fitting in. What I didn't understand is that even though Vinny was bumping his ass off, he was not fitting in. And so then Tom Castor calls me. and He goes, hey, brother, uh. Uh, we gotta talk about Vinny Massaro, and I was like, "What? He just came on board. Now he wants out." <laughs> I was like, "It took all these years to get him on, and now that he's on, he wants out." He goes, "Yeah." He says, "Uh, it's really hard for him just to be bumping forever." He says he feels like he's a young kid again, and he should be on top. Which, by the way, I I was like at this point, I was thirty four, and I've and I've done death matches, and I've done kind of so I, I wasn't like I wasn't. I wasn't ready, and I had a full-time job. So imagine getting a full-time job, labor job, oh, yeah. driving, getting off work, driving two hours, an hour, bumping your ass off, and then driving back home. And then sometimes working the next day, you're like, you know what? All right, it's, um, like I don't, I don't need it. I don't, like, I don't need to do this. Absolutely. Like, it's like, so he tells me, he goes, so Vinny wants to know if we can repackage him. He's open to doing anything. And I was like, come on, Tom. I was like. I got Rick telling me he wants to bring him on. And then you take the book, and now you bring him on, and now you want to repack. I go, how the fuck can you repackage Vinny Massaro? <laughs> okay. And I was like, dude, so, I was like, you know, we do Lucha. So if this is going to go the way I think it's going to go, mm-hmm. I, I want to touch quickly. 
I don't want to overlook the time he had in Lucha Underground. So I I, I, wa- I wanted uh, I wanted to, I wanted well, no no dude, well this is after yeah. this is after Lucha Underground. Yeah, so yeah, you got to tell Lucha Underground to get a fucking line. You got to wait. Oh, so are we doing this now? Well, they're yeah, because they, 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 they were doing we're going in chronological order. Do Fuck, it. right? Calm down, Lucha. Calm down, Control Pro Wrestling. Calm down. No, I'm excited. I'm excited. So I said, Tom, how the fuck you want to repackage Vinny Massaro? Like, what? Make him little Dick Grimes? He goes. He goes. That was one of his ideas. I go. No, I don't like hardcore. I'm not doing hardcore. He goes, yeah, um, and we went over, I go, no, Tom, I go, if it's not going to work, fuck, it's not going to work. We just don't do it. We move on. Fuck it. Scratch the booking, scratch the ideas, (laughs) we move on. And then he says to me at the very last, well, he did have one idea. I go, what was that? He goes, he says right now, like, the Kung Fu Panda movies are really over. Wow. And, like, he sees how all the kids like it. He says he'll become a, he'll become a panda. I go, awesome. what? I go, so you want him to become a fucking panda? He goes, no, that's actually Vinny's idea, but I think it'd be kind of cool. Well, this is true, because this is actually my son's idea. Because my son... No, no, loves- no. I gave you the platform. It was my idea. Okay, yes. Oh, that's true. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Roland. Sorry, Roland. <laughs> so, so, my, so my son loves Kung Fu Panda. Right. I mean, my kid was... At this point, he was like 10 years old. So, like, you know, when you, if you ever... if you, The people that know that have kids... When they when they want and they want a movie, it's on like from morning till night. Yeah. Like it's like on loop. Yeah. It never fucking stops. Right. So for like three months, Kung Fu Panda was it. And my my son would be like, Daddy, it's you. It's like, what do you mean that's me? <laughs> it's you. <laughs> I go I go and I was like, What do you mean it's me? He goes, Cause look, they're laughing at you. They laugh you know, at first cause he's he, I took him to shows, right? And he goes, First they laugh at you, but then you do crazy moves and then they think you're awesome. I'm like Holy shit, he's right. So then, he, then Tom tells me that, and I go, man, I go a fucking panda. I go, go fuck, no, tell him no, tell him fucking forget it, done. So literally, like a week or two later, I actually um, flew with Oliver John to Mexico <laughs> to the Lucha Expo, and that's when uh, Oliver defended the Revolution Heavyweight Title um, in Mexico against Blue Demon, Mexico City. It was huge. It was awesome. And without going in that direction. I go for a walk, and Demon goes, hey, brother, uh, wouldn't it be down for a little bit? Just go walk around, you know, do a little little sightseeing, go meet some some of the boys. It's all right. So I was going to go into the main locker room because I had bracelets to go inside. So I, I went the long way just to see the, the merchandise. You know, I, I love the shit. And I see a shitload of kids bombarding a table. And I go, oh, fuck, you know, who is that, right? And I shit you not. I, I've, I've told you this story, and if I'm lying, correct me point blank. No, it's 100% true. I walk right over, and there's three fucking pandas sitting at a table signing autographs with fucking kids going crazy. Wow. I go, what the fuck? So I walk over to Demon. I go, brother, what's that? He goes, oh, that's uh, so-and-so panda, and that's his son. That's whatever, whatever. It was like, it was like was it? it was a super panda. Super panda. And super he, panda junior, junior or something, he, he, he whatever. Yeah, it was like whatever. So I get my phone, and I call Tom. Tom, call Vinny. It's a done deal. He'll be a fucking panda. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. So that, that, that same moment, I walked over to a gear maker that I fucking knew that knew Vaquero Fantasma. Right. So I walked over to the gear. I go, look, bro, I want a mask like that one that looks like this. He goes, all right, bro, give me a couple of months. And uh, that's it. You know, fucking the gimmick came in. I took a picture. I go, all right, Vinny. If this shit don't work, we, we can pretend it never fucking happened, <laughs> and we'll see. And let's see what happens. And, and, and I'll, I'll say, 
El Ultimo Panda is probably not probably it is the it is the the best gimmick the the fucking most uh, uh the highest attraction that Pro Wrestling Revolution has like right. I, I would love to say it was the King Fatboy Papa Wesco but unfortunately it's not the case well the I, think, uh, I think I think I think I think the Border Patrol will fight you on that one mm, well yeah, I think so. I mean yeah well okay I, Border Patrol Border Patrol Border Patrol when it comes okay I think the Border Patrol is by far the best gimmick that they have uh, that Revolution has ever it's had. The most, it's the far. most natural. It's the most natural it's, heel it's the, gimmick the best. for a Lucha Libre Ultima company. Yeah, yeah. Ultima Panda is is like the most kid friendly, uh, like uh, fa- baby face. I think. Right. No. Yeah. Because uh, you can't you, you can't do Border Patrol everywhere because it's you know it's a little touchy subject and stuff. But by far, no. Like when, I mean, I I don't care how many kids. You know that love me. They're they're still booing the hell out of Oliver John at the end. Absolutely. So, so you know, I I agree with Gabe. Border Patrol by far is 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 the it's the best it's the best one. But well, well, you, you know, know, I mean, if you're, talking, if you're talking Rudo versus Technico, you know, yeah, the Border Patrol is the is the greatest heels that ever stepped foot into pro wrestling revolution. But you got to be by far as Ultimo Panda, one of the biggest, if not the biggest. Babyface that has ever come across. I mean, you're you're a huge, you're a huge reason why a lot of well, these kids come out. I mean, correct me if listen, I'm wrong. I will listen. I would love to say that I'm like I'm the, I'm this genius of a technical wrestler, but I mean it's a fucking panda that dances. <laughs> I do not love it. You know what? It's funny though because we went to something that we didn't believe um, would ever work, and I don't want to go into the legal stuff. Just going on the positive stuff. On the positive side, uh, the, the the panda gimmick has evolved from different looks of a mask and gear and so on. But I knew we had fucking lightning in the bottle when the first show he debuted, the music hit. And uh, the, the song was brand new. It was, uh, it was a crossover, you know, worldwide crossover, like you know, everyone knows it. And he calls me, he goes, brother, this has to be my song. I go, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and he goes, are you going to dance? I go, you're goddamn right, I'm going to dance. So I was like, wait a minute. So so you're going to be from Japan with China. Japanda. With, 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 yeah, Japanda. But he's from Japan with fucking Chinese, Japanese characters on the, on, the, on the pants. And then you can do a Korean dance. Yes. He goes, yeah. I'm all over the place. Beautiful. I was like, oh, my God. And the music hit and it came out. And it was the first time ever. Ever, 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 and this is what you hear next: panda, 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 panda. And I was like, "Oh my god!" And then uh, I go home. The next day, my dad calls me. And goes, "You said pinche panda, cabrón, come dio risa." And I was like, "Do you like him, Dad?" He goes, "Oh man, I, I love that stuff, and it was so funny. It was so this and so that." Because I, I told Gabe, I told Gabe, I was like, "Listen, I'm not looking to be like." Don't put like the heavyweight strap. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go in there and clean house on the fucking. Well, that was the whole floor. idea. He didn't want to do that no more. Right. No, I'm like, I go, dude, just put me. I, I told Gabe, I, and and tell me if I'm not lying. I go, dude, I honestly, bro, I just want to take it easy. I go, put me in the opening match with your students. Yeah. <laughs> he goes. Let me. Let me. Let me make sure you keep dance. that payday good, but put me with the students. I'll do your little me, dance, and we'll go. I'll home. do a little dance. Sell some. I, let me. Let me sell some merch. Fucking finally. That would be great, right? Uh, and let me just do. Let me just bump a little bit, but let me just just do some kid stuff, you know. And then, because the thing, the thing too, at, at that time, Gabe was doing a lot of um, um, fairs, yes, and, and a lot, a lot of shows where there was like kids everywhere. 
Yeah. Like, it was like 90% was kids. And we're like, all right, put up a truck, go out there and <laughs> No way, okay. Hold on. We can't do that. So we're like, okay, so let's take it. So let's go, you know, I go, Vinny Masara, go, no, can't do that. So I was like, okay, you know, fucking. And, and now and I ask Gabe, I'll be like, hey, Vinny, can you come here early and just walk the fair? Yep. And because the, the fair guys can't wait for to see the panda. I was like, yeah, yeah. Hey, Vinny, the owner of the fair, his son loves panda. Yep. Can you please go out there and just, no problem, bro. Because I wanted to help Gabe out because I was like, I felt bad. I'm like, there's like, you know what I mean? There was, you know, there was like no, we needed something for the kids because we had great wrestling. But we needed something for the kids because it was a lot of the shows we used to run 95. Like, dude, it was like all kids. Yep. I mean, it, it is. It still is pretty a lot of kids. But well, so I was trying. I was trying to help Gabe more than anything, too. Well, this, I mean, yeah, the, the kid, the kid aspect. And I know even to this day, a lot of the uh, Pro Wrestling Revolution shows that we have, it's big show, small show, whatever. It's a lot of kids. So Ultimo Panda, as soon as that music hits, dude, that place erupts. I've, I've seen it. I, I can attest to it. I'm a witness to it. Like one of the biggest, one of the biggest fucking baby faces the promotion ever seen. I mean, but it, it it grew, and the thing is, it once we saw it was taking off. Um, certain matches, I would tell Vinny, look, brother, I need you to just be. I want you to follow Kikutaro. Uh, I want you, right. I right. want you to follow Super Porky. Um, and you know it was a learning process for him as well. But once he found his stride, you know it was it was money, and right. it, it was just great. It was just is it worked. And every show, you know, he he changed it up a little bit. Right. It didn't get it didn't get really good until me and Willie Mac started tagging up. Yes, yes. Kung Fu Hustle. Yes. Oh man, that now when me and, when me and Willie like when we won the belts, fuck dude, that was like and me and Willie would come out and it was literally like the tag match would come out. And it was, like, guaranteed, like, 20, 25 minutes of just pure fun match. Like, I think, I remember my favorite match was, like, me and Willie Mack versus Los Luchas. Yes, yes. Dude, it was San Francisco. So good. Great yeah, match. So good. And the, and the fans, dude. People, I remember, I remember watching, like, like, just, like, everybody would just start, like, you know, dancing with, you know, me and Willie. And, like, and we were, like, tag champs. And, like, people were, like, no, we buy it. Like, we're, we're, to we're totally okay with... You know, Willie Mack going out there shaking his ass, you know, and and this fucking panda, you know, dancing. It was it was you know we we loved it, and then it, and then it was so cool because it it added everything to like the show because like it would be like yeah we're so happy panda Willie Mack we're we're all dancing, and then your next contest <laughs> is Oliver John versus Blue Demon in in a cage match. You're like oh, and like the fans would be like oh fuck. You know what I mean? Like, they would go from dancing and happy to that. And it was good to have Vinny in my ear for this stuff because he would always... I, 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 Vinny was always... How can I say it? He was, it was never about him. It was about the show. And so he would balance me out and go, look, brother, we need this, we need that. You know, right. and, and, it, and it brought something that the shows lack because comedy and lucha is a huge part of it. It's such huge. I mean, super porky... God, I mean, the stuff he did, good worker, but he, you remember him for the comedy. Right. It's, it's got to a point, go, hey, Vinny, I want you for this match, I want you to be the all Vinny Massaro from 1997. Right. Which I remember I remember the first time he asked me that. It was the uh, six-man tag, and we had, like, Drake Younger yes. in it, and he was like, dude, San Francisco, 
I want you to just go out and we fucking do we kill yep. you? Yep. But like it's and you, and you and you know I know you can ask Gabe and if I'm lying, please by all means tell, tell me. Every time Gabe would be like, hey, you got a booking idea? Sure. <laughs> and, and, and every time it's like Ultimo Panda and like you know whatever student you know you know whatever student we had at that time that just started. Yeah. Like, me me versus him. He's like, dude, you want to be in the first match? Like. Yes, yeah. Gabe. I, I really do. Yep. No, 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 no. I, and then like Gabe will be like, no, no, no. You're in this co- four corners match. Fuck. I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you went from. I, I you, you kind of fucked up, Vinny, because you went from wanting to be Panda to do a little bit less to being so fucking over that you did a lot more. And I, but I it's start- honest, like I asked, like as Gabe, I was like, it was like me and whoever student, like you know the the BMX rider guy. That me and him together in the tag match. Right. You know what I mean? Or me and him, you know, you know, whoever it was, we, that's what I wanted to be in that scenario. But the problem is that in the, then they would have in the middle, would have that like, we would have a big gap in the middle. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, absolutely. So now. So anyway, so now. So, go ahead. Lucha on the ground. So now. We no. fast forward to no. We can't go. Lucha but we're we're gonna we're gonna take that. We're gonna briefly touch on that, and we're gonna go to something else. I want to talk about that might be a little bit more important to me and 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 you and Vinny. So l- let's let's talk about the the Lucha Underground experience. I mean, Pro Wrestling Revolution held a tryout for what was going to be Lucha Underground. You had guys like you know uh, Vinny Massaro. You had guys like Jeff Cobb, Willie Mack. Uh, famous, B. famous B, famous B, Brian Cage. Brian, no, 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 Brian, no, not Brian Cage. Um, God, who else? There's a lot of people on that. Yeah, uh, Dylan. Those a lot of, that actually made it were uh, uh, Vinny, Je- Jeff Cobb, Jeff Cobb, Willie Mac, Mac, Famous B. B. Uh, I think that might be it for that made it. That made it. Yeah, you might be right. So it happened. The tryout, and you were selected. Right and and mm-hmm. and then you which which was completely it, like it was so weird because the whole time I was doing that tryout I was like I'm not gonna do it but and like you, you can ask Gabe he was like, he whole, actually showed up late too well yeah but you, you can ask Gabe is that I actually like during the tryouts I didn't do shit no like I did heat and I took a, and I was a base for everyone because I wanted like you know what let me get these guys over. Cause I was like, dude, there's no way I'm gonna. I'm fucking thirty, like thirty, thirty three, thirty four years old. I'm fucking. I'm gonna go to fucking AAA. Like it ain't gonna happen, you know. Cause I couldn't wrestle as Panda. They wanted me to wrestle as Vinny. I was like, all right, well, fuck it. That's not happening anytime soon. Right, right, right. But you did get selected, and and you did get the call to come down. What was that experience like? Um, being able to go into a new environment. I mean, I know from our perspective, and I say this a lot. You know, Gabe. One one of the dopest things about Gabe for me is that he's he makes you TV ready. I mean he 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 talks to you about hard cam. He talks to you about the different um, um, roaming cams that are around the ring, and you know you get an idea of how to how to maneuver around all that stuff. But Lucha Underground is something much different, you know, because they're an actual TV show and they're doing cinematic television. So take me through like your experience with Lucha Underground and and how would well I'll tell you right. Well, I'll tell you right now, if I didn't go into Revolution and train at the, the times when Gabe would have, like, Sky Day or Lady Apache, I would have fucking failed. I, I wouldn't been... I would have gone the first 
episode and then probably less the second episode. Because right. <laughs> <laughs> a, a lot of a lot of things that happened, um, you know, while I was there, um, is because of Gabe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a lot of stuff that you know he helped me out with training there. You know, because everyone obviously I'm you know. I'm white, I'm light skinned, blue eyes. Everyone's like, the fuck's this guy gonna do with Lucha on the ground? But they realize, holy shit, he knows how to base, he knows how to take three quarters, you know, he knows how to do, he knows how to do, you know, I'm not a Lucha, Lucha expert, but I know what, how to, I can keep up. Yeah. And that's all because of Gabe's training. Absolutely. Uh, so when I was there, you know, I would talk to the guys and I was like, oh shit, you know, you, you train with this guy, you train with this guy. Oh yeah, yeah, come on, come on. So it, it wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh, this guy's just going to be a quick jobber and get the hell out. So, you know, I went down there, um, you know, I, I took a chance and just drove down there pretty much. Uh, you know, my you know my wife, she basically told me, it's like, go, go down there. Go down there, uh, just drive down there. And I drove down there, you know, and during the tapings and I, uh, and I spoke with Conan. He's like, yeah, and Conan introduced me to... Christy Josephs and all the, the you know all the people there and then they were like you know what we'll give you a call and you know and I just kept showing up you know they asked me to come down and I would just drive down myself and I remember just I'm like you know what even if it's just it's just gas money who cares but I'm gonna go drive down there and just be in their face and then eventually you know they were like you know what we you know I remember I talked to Chris and Joseph about it. It's like, you know, this is the guy we need. This is the guy we want in here because he's willing to come down and sacrifice so much. So they gave me a job. And, and then I got a contract because of it. Who who came up with the idea of Vinny Massaro? You know, the I mean, I don't want to say the pizza enthusiast, but I would say that that's probably what it was because you were coming out there with pizza. You were you were doing this whole I, I don't even know what to call it. Like, what, what was the what was the gimmick? In your opinion, and and how did how did that all you know come about? That's just you know honestly, that just kind of happened on Twitter, just you know, just or, or kind of organically. Right. It's just you know people started sending me pictures of pizza, and they're like, Vinny, you know, give a you know give me a rating, and I would just give them like a pizza slice rating, and then people would be like, oh, you're the you're like the Dave Meltzer of pizza, you know. What I would give you know instead of stars, I would give pizza slices. And then I think, like, you know, Chris Joseph, you know, he noticed that. And it's like, you know what? I like that. And, you know, you know, of course, you can say you like that. And you can just kind of do it. But, you know, he made it into something more. And he put it in, in the TV show and made it to that, which I think is great. Yeah, I think um, I think that was good, too. Um, so I got to ask, you know, we had the Lucha Homies on last uh episode Orale. we talked about lucha on the ground extensively they talked about not having a new season and people still being under contract um are you still under contract with lucha underground or i mean as far as i know i still i mean technically i still am because the contract is for seven seasons, so seven seasons haven't happened. <laughs> See, I, I asked them. I asked them if if there was like a seven year deal, and they. I were, don't know, Holmes. I don't know. They were kind of sidestepping. <laughs> no, it's I. I signed for seven seasons. Yeah. Um. But I mean, let's keep it real. If I want, I'm sure if tomorrow, if I'm like, hey, I'm I'm getting signed somewhere else, you, you know, they'll be like, okay, bye. Like, there, it's fine. You know what I mean? Right, right, it's right. It's not. It's it's. I'm a hundred percent positive that it's. Like it's, you know, I signed it. 
you know, because everyone, I remember everyone's like, don't sign it, don't sign it. And I was like, bitch, I'm like, in, <laughs> I'm like it's like my fucking, yeah. I'm 30, I'm five years old. Like, they're going to pay me a lot of money. Gotta fucking do this like, shit. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? Gotta fucking do this and shit. I, and I was like, I go, I go, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go to WWE. I'm not fucking, you know, you know, WWE is like, you got to live, you got to drop everything and move to Florida. I ain't doing that. You know, I, I have a house over here. My family's over here. So Lucha on the Ground was literally the best scenario because they would, I would, you know, they would call me and they're like, hey, we want you for this day. What, what time can we, can you have, can you take your flight? And I would tell them, I can, I get off work at this time. And they would give me a flight for that specific, specific time. Wow. Okay. okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they and they would and they would literally like that day off, and then I would gotta then, oh would you work you know oh I gotta take the next flight over, and then they would give me everything. They were very accommodating. They paid me very well. So, you know, anyone that says that I was a, it was a bad contract can then suck it because it was amazing. I got paid lots of money. You know, you know I was a I was on national TV, and uh, you know it was a great experience, and I got to, I got I got to meet a lot of Lucha Libre friends, and it was amazing. Well, I want my thirty percent because I gave you the platform That's right. to get there. This is true. Thirty percent. Ah, yes. Sorry, sorry, Roland. My bad. So speak, speaking of speaking of like you know opportunities and and just you know just building your your brand and yourself. I mean, going back to Ultimo Panda, um, one of the other things that you were able to do as Ultimo Panda was go to All Japan Pro Wrestling, and I know for you. Just knowing you, Vinny, this was like a dream come true because All Japan Pro Wrestling was everything to you as a kid, growing up, even to this day, All Japan Pro Wrestling is it. And for you to have to go there and work, period, as Vinny Massaro, as Ultimo Panda, or whoever, this had to have been the pinnacle of your career, right? Yeah, it's, abs it's the absolute greatest thing that's ever happened to me uh, in my professional wrestling career. Um, you know, it was... I remember, you know, just when Gabe told me, I started crying. I literally, and, you know, pro wrestling, you know, I, I never cried about pro wrestling besides when I got, when I got the call for, um, to the Gabe, that Gabe told me I got booked. And when I actually wrestled at the first day of All Japan is when I cried about anything to do with pro wrestling. So what you was know, you, um, go ahead, go ahead. No, go, I, I want to make sure that we give all this the, the, the time it, it the time it needs but Popo man someone who loves control so much this is gonna be a two-parter no this yeah we're out of time bro we're out of time this is gonna be a two-parter yeah so I think we need to start wrapping up and uh and let everyone know that we'll be back you know next week with the next big podcast show oh what a cliffhanger because what a cliffhanger. yeah we have so much to go man we got we, we have a 20 plus year vet here who's done so much stuff I think we got to give it prep Proper, proper. So, Vinny, if you're available, we'd love to have you back next week and uh, of course, and knock this out and tell the story because the the journey that that you went to all Japan um, is special to me because when I called you, I cried. Oh, with, it's amazing! I, I, I cried with you. So, I want to make sure I share the story, the your journey there, your time there, um, and everything that goes with it. So, if Papa, if you can put it into your schedule in your controlled environment that you have at CPW, this is great. Can, yeah, can we can we go ahead and uh, get <laughs> get Mr. Vincenzo Massaro back? Absolutely. Absolutely, I would love that. We still have a ton of stuff to talk about. All Japan Pro yes, Wrestling. Yes, we do. The Plus, we haven't even we haven't even touched we haven't on Kane Velasquez. We haven't touched. Oh God! On, we have we, we haven't even scratched the surface, man. This is a great you know, conversation. You, you know, 
you know you've been resting for way too long when you have to do a two-parter. Yeah. Yeah. So this dun, is what dun, we're going to do. Listen. Listen. Vinny, this has been a great conversation. This has been fucking awesome. I mean, we're, we haven't even scratched the surface about what what you mean to me, you know, in terms of, oh, oh, in terms oh, of God, just you being a person <laughs> and you being a trainer. You know, we'll get into that. We'll get into Cain Velasquez. We'll get into All Japan Pro Wrestling next week. Buy some, buy some Lucha masks. That's right. Yes. That's right. Please visit www.lucha-mask.com. And don't be an idiot and put it on the fucking ear yes. or put it under the chin. Under the like, chin. seriously, like, okay, be honest. No. Like, every, everyone, no. guys, no. seriously. <laughs> we, we, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Guys, we, no. we have a pandemic. Like, for real. Yeah. Please, go out. As some, somebody, okay, I'm not, maybe I shouldn't be saying this, but my, my regular job, I, the, the, last, the, the job that I've been having for the last 20 years, I'm outside and I actually have to wear a mask because of my job. Go out and wear a mask. It's not that big a deal. Absolutely. Like it's it's not it's not gonna it's not gonna bring your heart rate up like everyone says. Like shut up, wear a mask. And it's not because oh I'm gonna get sick, but I'm healthy, so I'm not gonna be I'm gonna be okay. It's not because of that. It's because you're gonna share it. You're gonna give the virus to somebody else, and you don't know what their issues are. You don't know the person next to you, the person you ride with in car the carpool. Uh, to work with, he might have some issues. He might have a an older person that he lives with. Just wear your fucking mask. Absolutely. Don't be an idiot. Absolutely. And if you want to wear a mask, you got to go to lucha-mask.com. Period. So, buy the panda Buy the panda Buy the panda Absolutely. Buy the panda one. Don't, whatever you do, do not buy the Disco Inferno oh, one. Wow. That shit is... <laughs> oh, wow. That shit. He might as well buy that for his strippers that he fucking has. <sighs> they, they can wear them as G-strings. And that's another that's story. Not, that's just not happening. Wow. That's just not, no, 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 but nobody's wearing that one. <laughs> Sorry, just, Kevin Kleinrock. Well, here we go. That's just, Kevin, that's just Kevin trying to get plugs for the, oh my uh, God. You know, the show. All right? Thoughts, yeah. thoughts, of, uh, thoughts of Vinny Massaro are not of that of Popo Esco at Control. I don't really care. Care. <laughs> you got to have, have control, bro. Get your over show, bro. And on that, and on that note, on behalf, <laughs> on, on behalf of the podcast, on behalf of Gabe Ramirez, and on behalf of Controlled Pro Wrestling, that's control, right. Controlled control, Pro Wrestling. Control. I can see Smokey now from Friday. <laughs> control. I am your master of ceremonies, the King Fat Boy Papa Esco, Man, we're gonna be back next week, control. part two of Vinny Massaro. We'll we'll see y'all later, man. Bodega, bodega, bodega. And that right there, mi gente, is all she wrote. Well, sort of. We're going to have to come back for part two, Vinny. You know, this is the interview that's too big for one episode. So we're going to bring Vinny Massaro back for part two of this interview next week. But part one, man, great conversation, even better stories. Vinny can talk, you know. And the exclusive, the big reveal, the shocker. El Ultimo Panda is Vinny Massaro. What? What? Yeah, I'm just as shocked as you are. Anyway, 
Tune in next week when we have Vinny Massaro back to discuss a lot of things, including his time in All Japan Pro Wrestling, his experience at Dragomania Mexico. We're going to talk about training Kane Velasquez for his professional wrestling debut, among other things. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. It's going to be a great time. Well, that's our time for today. Before you go, please check out all forms of social media for us. That's Instagram straight out of the bodega. Facebook straight out of the bodega. Twitter, S-T-R-8-O-U-T-D-A-B-O-D-E-G-A. Go on all forms of social media. Like us, friend us, follow us, comment, talk to us. We talk back. We trying to grow our fan base, man. We want to get bigger than we already are. So, help us please. I'd appreciate it. Also, check me out on all forms of social media. That is Instagram, Papoesco. Facebook, Papoesco. Twitter, Papo underscore Esco. Talk to me. I talk back, man. I'm not going to, you know, shy away from nobody. You got something to say to me, say it to me, and we can, we can work it out. You know what I mean? So, on behalf of the podcast... I am the King Fat Boy Papo Esco. Everybody have a good week. We're out. Lucha-masks.com, in partnership with Mass Republic, give you personal protective masks to keep you Lucha strong in the fight versus COVID-19. With world-class luchadors Blue Demon Jr., the Lucha Brothers, L.A. Park, Ultimo Dragon, Kane Velasquez, Conan, and so much more. Head to lucha-masks.com and you too can become a masked warrior. Lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution.